Jason Ackerman. Correct. That is easy as a mofo. Do you do you like this sound? Listen. You're taking pictures of me? I'm just taking pictures. I do like that sound. Me too. I always turn my phone off because I feel like I'm always sneaking pictures, but then today, I, 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 it did. it's such a pleasant sound. You can hear some of your phones going off during the podcasts. I'm sure that's not because he no. doesn't give a fuck. That's you. You have It's a text, usually. Oh, that blink thing is my nest at home. Do you have a nest camera? No. But I don't have kids like you. Right. This is. Um, I don't have any actually for my kids per se. It's just like kind of like security around the house. Like I have them outside, and then anytime it sees movement, or like you can program it for different things, it'll send you an image of what it just saw through the camera. So only if something triggers it. Triggers it. Yeah. yeah then it sends you a post a push notification. Yes, sir. What's the weirdest thing you've seen? Nothing. Oh. Nothing. Just like a naked kid. Yeah. You know what the weirdest that? thing is? Is um, so. I'll wake up if if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm walking around or doing stuff and then and then in the morning when I'm checking my emails there'll be like 50 pictures of me with my cock and balls swinging around <laughs> naked in my house because my Nest camera has sent all these like alerts and I always think oh my wife just woke up to 10 naked photos of me you know what I mean or the camera gets bent and like you're filling up a cup of water and your junk's just dangling right in the camera and it's just it can be weird like that she gets the same notifications yes sir so you have to be careful what you're doing when she's not home and I'm I'm 45 I don't do anything she hasn't seen we've been together 20 years when she gets that notification does she watch or is she like immediately shut this down that'll be a whole podcast <laughs> I don't think anyone has we don't even have time to say hi to each other <laughs> Let alone look at nudes. <laughs> you guys just saying each other to push notifications. Our our life is moving so fast that we don't even we don't have a door on our bathroom and we don't have a door on our shower. Like you just walk right in. Yeah, we don't have time. That's interesting. I had that at my last house. I my master bedroom. I took the door off the bathroom, mm -hmm. and then the shower was. Like the three quarter, it was like a hotel room. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and they're like, you're never gonna be able to sell this house because no one's gonna want that. I, I I was able to sell it, but I was like, I don't care. This is what I want. <laughs> the only downside, um, I mean, obviously everyone in the family sees everyone shower, but don't and deuce and everything. The only downside is it can get a little cold. Like you, it, it's kind of valuable having the shower like closed because you know what I mean. Oh, it stays yeah. warm in there. You gotta that's get true. the heated floors. Oh, that's nice. I don't have those. <laughs> yeah, I just took down a wall in my house, and I've definitely noticed like the front room doesn't get as much heat as it used to. You are listening to this podcast because Jason Ackerman is an established CrossFitter in every way. Business owner, except for athlete. Athlete, <laughs> that's overrated. Most importantly, dietitian. And he has his L1, L2, L3, L4. That's right. That's badass. It, have we ever had a Have we ever had a level four in here? Boz, is Boz L4? Is it, level four? I assume Boz is L4. He wrote the shit. Boz. Uh, he wasn't one of the coaches at mine back in the day. Mm -hmm. The old school level two. He was. Oh, yeah. He was not. Oh. Oh, so you took the the old L2 as well. So the way I became a level four was the old, do you guys remember the old L2? Yes, sir. If you pass that, and then when the level... You mean, so, so tell people about the old L2. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Because I went to my L1 during the old L2. It was like, what the hell's going on here? So there was a brief period of time where there was a, the level two. It came. I took it in 2008 at the original box, 
which I think was CrossFit yeah. Santa Cruz. Research, yes, Research Park, yeah. So you show up. It's it's similar to the current L2, except you showed up. There were some lectures. There was a nutrition talk. And then the second day was basically coaching your peers. Oh, I'm talking about the L2 before that. That was the original. The no. prep course. <clears throat> there was an L2 that was you just attending. Right. That was like, hey, I took my level one. I want to do more. Show up again. So you're, you wouldn't <laughs> consider that the L2? Well, I don't think you got any sort of... Okay, I'm conflating my... Okay, because that was weird. Because when I went to my L1, there were 40 participants... Or no, 60 participants and then 30 trainers. Yeah, and, and it, it was, was like just one a, to one. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was crazy. Okay. Yeah. So my favorite story about my level one was what I remember... Coach was there. It was like one of the last few that he was at the entire thing. It was in Toronto. And it comes time. We're going to hit Fran. And I thought I was like, hot shit. <laughs> so I go to one of the guys that's there. I'm like, hey, I'm probably going to do this in about eight minutes. You're going to want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you really did do that? I was like all cocky. I was like, I'm going to be around eight minutes. And I was. But then there was people doing it in like three. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not <laughs> as good at CrossFit as I thought I was. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. And it, like, it was in Toronto in October. I couldn't, you couldn't feel your forearms for like three hours after that. Mm. Are you Canadian? I'm not Canadian. It was just the closest one that came to New York. You're born and raised in New York. Born and raised in New York. And when I wanted to take my level one, I'd already affiliated with the understanding that you ha you have to go to your level one and I think it was direct communication with Nicole Carroll and she was like you can go to Toronto or Pittsburgh and Toronto just happened to be closer your hair is cut at a length and I'm no beautician but you seem to be at a length that I would deem for myself stuck between long and short. I, I agree. That's exactly where I want to be. It is. Yes. Okay. Explain that to me, because because I had long hair at one point, and there was this there was that stage where you're at that I was just like it was so hard for me to get through, and like but yours is like you look like you you're a well manicured groom man, and you look like you're you're rocking that length. It's like you look like um you look like uh one of the uh, the the Sphinx, you know the Sphinx and the pyramids, you know. <laughs> I can. I know of what you're talking about. You know what about, I mean? Yeah. Like you look Egyptian. Do I look Egyptian? I mean, yeah, with that hair. Do you see that? No, I maybe with the beard. I just got my like... hair and beard trimmed a couple of days ago. Seven <laughs> minutes ago. I mean, that <laughs> shit is it does perfect. look very well manicured. Downstairs. And I, th I think in the common vernacular, between long and short is medium length. But oh, I'm, good. I'm That's not... better than what I was going to say. I was going to say the awkward Eric, stage, but he's rocking it. I'm going to need you to qualify that, Eric. Just double check me on that. Exactly. <laughs> but he asked you what six plus six was. He said, "Is it 12? He asked. It was real simple. He's trying to just get validation for something. Oh, um, ignore that. Ignore that. I'm doing research on frequencies and colors right now. Thank you. Our last guest was telling us how to get beaver and uh, how to hypnotize women. And I so listen to that one. Eric is fully distracted. He's like researching that instead of being here with Jason Ackerman, our L1, L2, L3, L4. Okay, so let's go back to your hair. So I think you get to a point where it's long, but then it's too long and you're kind of a long-haired guy mm -hmm. plus it doesn't look as healthy so okay. when you keep it a little shorter it stays uh, like i don't have a lot going for me looks wise <laughs> so i have to really maximize what i have and it's my hair it's amazing hair and, it is incredible and i and you know you both have shorter hair mm -hmm. and I'm, people ask when was the last 
or when did you get your hair long? And I think it's just basically as long as I can remember. It's been like this. How old are you? 39. I'll be 40 soon. Do you think I could do long hair? Like, like, do you have the capabilities to do it? Or no, do you, think, like, I could, do you think I could rock that, pull that off? Uh, no. Not at all. I think if you believe in it, you can. <laughs> Why do you take that so negatively? I just see it. I just felt it as a challenge. I just, you felt you saw my whole being change. I got I mean, like all like, oh, you think I can't do that? I tried. I grew up my mustache for like maybe four weeks, and it was killing me. I couldn't handle it. Sevia. <laughs> <laughs> what is my, is my? What do you think of the beard, though? Is that okay? I, like it. I think everything is okay, but you, you're very. You look. You're very picturesque right now. Mm-hmm. You look like you're. You look like you're about to get married. You look like you're going to go on a model shoot. This was at the wedding. That's that why is. I probably looked like I was going to get married. No, I mean you just sitting here now. Oh, you like you're like super duper kept. Well, we also had Ronnie Teasdale sitting there earlier, and he's super unkept. But I think it takes a certain amount of grooming to look that unkept. Good point. Ooh, I think he spent time to look like that. It's a good point. I don't. I truly don't spend time to look like this. Do you wash your hair? Yes, but not every day. Every day, every other day, depends on what I've done. Because if you wash it, it just kind of gets unruly. When I no, when I wash it, it gets too silky. Okay. So it kind of gets like staticky. Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, what ethnicity are you? I don't know. I, I, you know, the, the answer I was gonna say was Jewish, but I know that's not really. Well, what else are you like? What, what, if you you are Jewish, yes. And then where where's your family from? I think like Russia and Poland and that type of yeah. I don't European see it. Thing. What do you get? What do you normally get? What do people guess you are? I get a lot of Italian. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's probably what I would go with if I had to pick. Italian. Italian. Yeah. What do you What do you think Savon is? Well, I know his last name. It's Greek. Armenian. Armenian. I knew that. I never would have guessed Armenian in a million years. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, you say it every fucking day. That's how I know. But, I mean, like, if I met you on the street, I never would He have reminds guessed. you that he's Armenian every day? I, I, I know he has kids every day. I know he's Armenian. Uh, his dad bought some relatives a toilet one time. There's, yeah. there's just a lot of stuff. It's just, like, it's just, like, in there. He reminds. Good. I have to yeah. continuously build my identity up to Matt <laughs> or else he'll let me fall to shit. You, um... Your your Instagram account is titled Own Your Eating. It is. You have no idea what we're going to talk about, do you? No idea. That's awesome. I Good. love that. And um, there, when, when I was reading about Own Your Own Your Eating, there was something in there that said something about eating 1,900 calories a day versus eating 3,000 calories a day. And if you don't eat like a jackass, you could eat 3,000 calories a day and be healthier than. You're referring to me. 1900 calories a day. That was your, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe that was in your bio I was reading. So when I started eating this way, f- flexible eating, I was eating 1900 calories. The new way you're eating 1900. No, no, no. no. When I originally started yes, flexible yes, eating yes. 1900, yeah. still currently flexible eating, but closer to 3000. Yeah. Explain that to me. How can you, how can you, um, and, and I, you have, you have a, a marvelous physique and how do you, do that how do you increase your caloric intake by 1100 calories and improve your physique the aesthetic of your physique well the the increase in calories came slowly so do you know what flexible eating is no sir no i don't know anything you had chris cooper on and you kind of touched on it briefly you're familiar with the zone yeah i am and you know the crossfit prescription long-term zoner myself still 
firmly believe in the zone. Good way to keep your job. Nice, yeah, nice well work. Said, well nice said. work, Jason. And, you know, and because there's a lot of, well, this is at odds with the zone. It's okay. not. There's a ton of similarity. You're still weighing, you're still measuring. Yeah, and, and if you attend your level one, that's what we're going to tell you. Hey, the zone is a great way to do it, but most importantly, you need to weigh and measure. And tracking your macros or flexible eating is just another way of weighing and measuring, except rather than doing it in block prescription and rather than doing it in the ratio in every meal, you're just at the end of the day eating the appropriate amount of food for you. Meaning... So chubby. If I think... Uh, I'm chubbier than that, so I don't see that as chubby. Oh, God. Look, that, look at you guys. Neither one of you is chubby. That would be an improvement oh for me. God. Do you shave your chest? No, I don't. Natural, well, a little bit, but I'm pretty hairless. Hairless, wow. I oh. find it hard to believe looking at your face. It's funny. My face is very hairy. Mm -hmm. My legs are very hairy, but my chest is not. Hmm. So... If I understand macros, it's identical to zone, but you could have all your protein in one meal and all your fat in the other meal. You don't have to have a divided 40, 30, 30 at every meal. It's just at the end of the day, it has to be 40, 30, 30. Is that correct? No. Okay. It, I wouldn't call it identical to the zone. I'd say they're both forms of weighing and measuring. The, for a lot of people, their macros are not 40, 30, 30. We're in the zone at least the original prescription is. Okay, let me let me let me take another shot at it. The zone is breaking your meal up into three different ratios regardless of what they are at 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 every meal. The zone is. It could be 33 33 33, right? Well, the zone's prescription is 40 30 30, 40% carbs. It is. That's just standard. To start. Oh, to start. The baseline. Okay, you fuck. Why am I guessing? I'll just ask you. You're here. So, what's the difference between macros and the zone? No, you were you were you were very close. It's just that with macros, you would have your number of carbs, protein, and fats and grams, and the general premise would be, "Hey, Savan, at the end of the day, eat that amount of food." That's that's interesting because even when I do the zone, I do it in grams. I, I can I can't think in blocks. It's supposed to be easier. I think in grams. So when I do 40, 30, 30, I do, I do it, I think of it in grams. I think that's fine to do it that way. Right. You just one less conversion. So do, does, um, how, what's flexible eating compared to, do you think we've established what the zone is and what macros is? And I, I, I think, I think what we're, what we're kind of beating around is like, and I'm taking a stab at this, flexible eating here is, it's basically a different approach to eat the amount of whether it be uh, grams, blocks, calories, whatever it may be, your prescription for the day. Because if you're eating in the zone prescription, you set yourself, I have 17 blocks. Whether that is equates to a certain amount of calories, grams of protein, fat, carbohydrates, doesn't really matter. It's all the same. It's all the same idea. Absolutely. I think, I think that's... And a lot close. of it is based on what your goals are, right? So the zone starts with eat this baseline for, I think it's like two weeks, something you, you have this formula and it's like, I mean, 14 blocks for this long. And then you tweak it off of that based on what your goals are and how it makes you feel. But at every meal you're eating at that ratio, as opposed to the distinction with macros is, is at the end of the day, your total consumption meets that ratio. Correct. And where does flexible eating fall in those two? Well, I think macros, flexible eating, they're just different words to describe the same thing. Okay. And what is your 
Why would someone come to you? Why wouldn't they just listen to this podcast and go do it? They can. I think oh. what I've what I've really taken from CrossFit, I, I didn't know what we would be talking about. I thought we'd be talking about the affiliates and all that Me stuff. Me too. That's what I thought too. That's what I thought too. But now I see you and I'm like, I want my body to look like yours, so I abandoned ship on all that affiliate, cool. all that affiliate nonsense. Well, but the point We I can would, circle back around to that affiliate nonsense if you want. What I would say is I think the person that's had the most influence on my life is Coach Glassman. And, and I've taken as much as I can from his model, which is you don't need to really give me any money. You can watch anything online and, and learn how to do this. Our website is free type of thing. And I think what I've tried to do is the same thing. You don't have to give me a dollar. And I probably have enough content out there that you can learn all about this. So you basically, in your years, and we'll circle back right around to that, in your years of being in the CrossFit community and being a trainer, you've you've basically distilled what you, some of your learnings down, and you've been putting it on the web as own your own eat, own your eating. Yeah, I think I think for anything I've done, but but specifically in the for nutrition this, realm. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to build any business without putting content out there. Right. And mm -hmm. my goal was if I put good content out there and give people all of this information. A, hopefully I'm helping people that just want to learn about it, and B, the people that want to learn more or appreciate what I've put out there will then figure out a way to get in touch and buy some sort of product or coaching if they want it. Were those your clients? Were those clients you've had? I didn't see, but probably if you're on my website. That's my wife. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. You must be so proud of yourself. That's incredible. In, when when you look at it like that, and someone says that to you, you do get proud of yourself. It's it's really awesome to just be able to change people's lives. I mean, that but, is what you're doing. You're yeah, letting them, helping them reinvent themselves. I think I don't think he's on the site. If you scroll all the way down to part of the feed, if you keep going, keep going, it might have our Instagram. That guy right there, Jerry. That's somebody that I'm really proud of. So Jerry, I actually went to college with him. We partied and drank way too much for four years and then he continued to do that for the next 20 where i stopped and found health and <laughs> continued along health and fitness but i saw him in september at a seminar i did actually at david osorio's box who you had on mm. and since seeing him he's down over 100 pounds he's been sober for six months and he just signed up for his first 5k in april Wow. Um, how's he doing the sobriety? Is he going to AA? He goes to, to meetings, and um, you know I think he does a lot online and all that. But, yeah, he's going to meetings all the time, and he, I think it's like anything where he's being more health conscious. It helps him stay sober, and he's being, you know, staying sober helps him stay on it. I always, I always wonder about people who go through these massive transformations like Gary Roberts did too, probably not as big as this guy's about to go through, but – I wonder the pressure they feel as role models once they reach that um, desired state. He, I'd, I'd say Jerry feels it. It's it's funny because you know, I went to school with this guy. We partied, chased after women together, all that fun stuff that you For do. For shame. <laughs> all that fun stuff you do in college. And now when I hear him, he's like a different person. Mm. You know, more like... I don't know that I can do this, like all of that type of talk. So it's it's strange to me that my old friend is like that, but he's gaining confidence. And now that talk is more like, wow, there is pressure on me. People are reaching out to him, telling him that he motivates them. 
Would he be okay with us? Oh, I guess because he's on your Instagram, talking about him. Yeah, he doesn't actually do CrossFit, so I don't know that he'll. Um, I'll of course share this with him. I'm trying really hard to get him into a box. I think there's always going to be that stigma that it's intimidating. We all know that it doesn't have to be and that it truly isn't. But I think he'll get there. He kind of has a goal in his in his head of when he hits 300 pounds, he'll be ready. Whatever that. Oh, means. so he does have intentions of going to a box. He just wants to be ready. In his in his mind, whatever that ready is, I've reached out to boxes near him, and he's in the Bronx in New York to try to see if they'll accommodate. What's him. his weight now? I think yesterday he posted he was like three thirty six. Let me check. Let me, let me see. <laughs> oh yeah, three hundred thirty six pounds is the perfect time to enter a CrossFit gym. Holy shit, it's, he's ready. He he's ready. He's doing. You know, so he signed up for a five k. He's like, should I stop lifting and should I just run? What should I do? And I was like. Uh, you know, it's so it's close. that it's that balance of I know what he should do. It's right. go find your local affiliate. Right. But at the same time I can't push him that hard and have him fall off. So I just encourage him, you know, go run a mile, go do this, go do that. Even though at the end of the day what he needs to do is crossfit.com. Right. Hey this is I, I hope I hope no one finds this offensive. I would be more intimidated well, to go run out in public like looking like that than I would be to go to a CrossFit gym. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm already intimidated going out running because I think I run like a fucking monkey, but... Um, Does he? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think also that's because you know CrossFit and you know the community that it is. For someone, I think there's the battle in CrossFit. We see, you know, Most people see the games and they're like, this is CrossFit, where we know the games is... What point zero zero one percent? Oh of the yeah, community. and also someone looking like that. I'm sure they're used to feeling rejected most places they go to, and especially the the tip of fitness probably isn't. And he would be so any affiliate. I wasn't even gonna say good affiliate because I know any affiliate would be excited to have him. Totally, they would be what an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my one of if we get if we ever get to my old affiliates. Oh, you owned an affiliate? <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> one of the guys. You guys know Josh Murphy? Yes. Yes. So Love Josh Murphy. I met Josh Murphy in 2008. Back in the day, especially seminars would come to the Northeast like once a year. Mm-hmm. So we saw each other three or four straight specialty seminars because we would just attack them when they were close by. And he kept saying, my brother, my brother needs to get to the box. My brother this. His brother finally came in and he was probably closer to... Jerry in that picture was 442. He was about 500 pounds, Murph's brother, Jason Murphy. Mm-hmm. He, it was like so exciting for me because I'm like, I remember the first time he came in, I was like, dude, if you listen to me, at some point, we're going to have to be talking about having your skin removed. That was one of the very first things I said to him. He's never had the skin surgery, but he got down to about 200 pounds. And I tell this story at level ones when I give the nutrition seminar because it was so impactful mm-hmm. that he quit his job he coaches at crossfit full-time now he's back in school he's engaged to to get married you know he basically moved out of his Mm. parents basement stopped playing dungeons and dragons and became a person wow but because he had the courage to come to the box Mm. Um, touching on the skin thing I, i i have no idea what that's like to have that extra skin afterwards um two people that i know who have that matt bickle who we've had a guest here has that and um gary roberts does and like i don't judge them if they do get it removed but part of me sees it as kind of like a badge of honor 
like especially like both Gary and Matt who've gotten so fit. I think it's easy to say. Sure, yeah. you're, without, right. Yeah. Without, you're right. You're right. Because they've worked so hard to change their body, and because and one thing I've learned too, and I've seen it a lot with pregnant women mm-hmm. whose bodies have changed because they've carried you know, right humans inside of them, right. and they still look at themselves as needing to lose weight when it's in reality just skin. So they, I think they have a hard mm. time distinguishing between I'm still overweight and and seeing that no, that's just skin right and for someone like gary to have that removed i think it's like the final yeah you can put the, put the old you yeah. behind you yeah um matt the, the, yeah he's he's incredibly fit and so is matt bickle mm. have you always been into fitness is your what, yeah. what, what are your origins what are your earliest memories of of sports and exercising and other than you know the typical little league stuff that parents make you do, I think my fitness journey started when I was a freshman in high school. I, I showed up at the very first day of high school, my very first class, earth science, and my teacher was like, how much do you weigh? I need you on the wrestling team. Hmm. What was his name? His name was Mr. Ortega, and I've reached out to him. This is probably like a year ago. I reached out because I was like, you've changed my life. Without hmm. without him telling me that, I don't think I actually would have made it to become a doctor like my parents wanted, but I would have at least attempted to, but I would have been overweight. Like I was chubby through middle school, and at that point, I was just short, but that year... How much know, did you weigh as a freshman? G- going into that year, I was probably about 100 pounds, and then by the time the wrestling season was over... You were chubby at 100 pounds. <laughs> I'm tiny. I mean, even I lie to girls and tell them I'm 5'4", but I'm 5'3". <laughs> <laughs> Chubby at a hundred pounds. Because I was probably four, eight, four, nine at the time. Oh right, right. I forgot. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. You know, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Relative. I was right. Husky. Okay. So I. How how tall are your parents? My mom is four nine, I think, and my father's like five seven. I want to say something. I, I don't want to offend people at home, but you're really, really fucking lucky, because some people who are five three, like you can tell they're five three because of their proportions. But like, if you stretched you out, you could be a good six five. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't look short until like, well, you're stuck sitting next to Matt or something. Do you know what I mean? I have good proportions. Yes, I think I. Have but good. I feel like a lot of men who are five three don't have good proportions. It might be the hair. Oh no, I think I get no. What you're, I think I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they look like um. They they just look short. You don't look short. Well, thank you. I don't. If, if I feel if I dig in too far and do it, I'm going to say something that's not PC. But if but you can fish a compliment out of that, you're rocking. Like, yeah, like I look at these <laughs> photos and I can't tell you're five three. It's you know, the angle. Do you know what I mean? It's the angle. Yeah, I even you it's saying the, you're five three, I, it still doesn't really. It's resonate. the ratios. Yeah. Cool. But you may be the first person male in there who's shorter than me that's ever been in here, by the way. So, no, Spieler's like, shorter than me. Is Spieler, how tall yeah. Spieler? He's probably about the same exact height as I am. Okay, Maybe a little taller. Got yeah, two days in a row. You're just gaming this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in the short guys. <laughs> but I, I signed up for the wrestling team, and that just changed my life. I never, I still compete at jiu-jitsu and just never looked back. And I, my first. Did you have any, you had no sporting background except Little League stuff prior to that? I'm very non-athletic. I'm Unathletic. Um, what's this? What's the lightest weight class in high school wrestling? Ninety-one pounds. That's why he oh. wanted me. And did you make at the time? They, they've, yeah. So because I was chubby at a hundred pounds, I lost just real body weight. 
and naturally weighed 88 pounds during the season. I, I weighed 91 pounds. I wrestled at 91 pounds through my junior year of high school. But, wow. but it got to the point where that was effort to get there, like unhealthy things to oh. make that weight, where my freshman year, the weight just fell off because I was out of shape and actually worked out for the first time. Do you get an eating disorder being on? 100%. Yeah? That's why... Like tripping on your body and... I, I mean, I think 90% of what I do with nutrition is mental. You know, I, I and I tell this to affiliate owners all the time. You guys know just as much as I do about nutrition. I'm not, I don't have a degree in nutrition or anything. The only thing I can do well with people is help them improve their relationship with food. I have a messed up, to this day, messed up relationship with food because of that. Do you like your body? Like when you see this in this picture, do you like this? Or, yeah, I don't yeah. have like a weird body image. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm very pleased with, you know, I'm a, a CrossFit crossfitter at heart so i want to perform my best too right but i'm but i'm happy with what i see in the mirror okay okay but i but it's a daily struggle still with food to be i don't know that it's only because of what i went through in high school and in college but just because it's i think it's always going to be there so like you go to the gas station you go inside you go to pay and they'll have like a big bin full of those donut powder donuts in the in the wrap of six and you still go oh i want those Yes, I think everybody does oh, want good. some food like that. Oh, of good. course, I think I think my my challenge with food is, I there's never enough. Where I'm like that was the perfect amount of food. Right. You know, if you if you invite me over for dinner and you're like, hey, we're having mac and cheese, I'm gonna immediately look at the stove and see if there's leftovers so I can have more. Mm-hmm. Right. Because because in high school, it was a lot of binging and then not eating you know my my mother will be like oh jason had a, a touch of anorexia <laughs> i didn't have i wanted to eat i didn't have anorexia it was right. that my coach my parents didn't know enough to help me lose the weight healthy parents know exactly what to say don't they yeah but it, that's it, fucking amazing it's the first thing that she told every girlfriend i've ever had oh, oh yeah, he had a little fuck. he had a little anorexia <laughs> when he was growing up <laughs> how old were you when you finally accepted that that my parents are crazy no not that mu- not that much i don't ever expect you to expect uh accept that but what, what, at what point did you were you like okay that's just my mom and i'm not gonna get upset when she says that oh yeah so she'll just i think parents, do you how well have you accepted it yeah for okay. sure i think parents get to a certain age and they just Either they don't remember reality or they just kind of created their own. Mm. And I just, I let it go and I laugh. I mean, now that I'm married, I'm not trying to impress my, I'm, I'm trying to impress my wife, but I don't <laughs> nice, care. Nice safe. I don't care what my parents are saying. And then after I'll be like, that story wasn't true. You know, bits and pieces of it were. I, I, I just feel like there's things that I've told my mom, hey, that bugs me. Don't say that. And then she, and like we're in the conversation, and I feel like, oh, she fully gets it. No, and, you, six, and six months later, she pops out of her mouth again. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But Jewish moms don't care. If they oh. know you don't like it, I think they'll be more likely to continue saying it. So oh, it's easier man. for me to just put my is, head down. And is, not, there, is there an example of what you don't like? None of your business, Matthew. Okay, none of your business. No, you just ignore it. <laughs> um, A hundred and uh, I have to I have to rebuild this conversation. Sorry, I should have stayed focused on you. I got twisted up in my own thoughts. Wrestling, uh, uh, wrestling, ninety-one pounds. Um, 
oh, uh, an, enough food being somewhere. I totally understand that because as a kid, I always ate 20 chicken McNuggets. I always ordered that. And I was like, uh, if for some reason someone ordered for me or something and I got nine, I was always full. But when I ordered, I always got the 20 piece. Do you know the 20 piece, the box chicken McNuggets with the hot sauce? I've, I've been there. Yeah. And it's like, and, and on occasion, I'd eat two boxes of 20. It's it's. Did you ever do that? Yeah, I don't think it's that abnormal. I mean, oh, okay. I've, I think I'm like a. I tell you, like a snake. Like I can eat easily <laughs> <laughs> my body weight or more. I think there's rarely someone that can eat as much as I can eat. It's just in innate in me. I can do it. Yeah. Um, what's the most you've ever weighed? One seventy. Do we have a photo of that? Is that in your ID? That's kind of like that one that you had the three. Were you juiced up? No, I've never done steroids. But I saw you were in bodybuilding. I was, but that was you in, weren't commit. You weren't committed. You know, <laughs> that was <laughs> it was natural bodybuilding. But when I was on stage in bodybuilding, I weighed one nineteen. Okay. So you're just depleted. But you're only weighing one nineteen for what thirty six, forty eight hours. Oh yeah, yeah. You, it's like wrestling. You kind of make it's a little bit of a different cut than wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, you, you deplete yourself, you drop your water weight, you have to keep it off longer because there's usually two two parts of the day. There's the individual and then there's where you're standing next to all the other bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep that water out of you a little longer. Yeah, that's fucked. And when, when you were bodybuilding and they and they had you put that stuff on your skin that made you like orange? Yeah, the paint. My mom used to do that. <laughs> oh, she did? Why didn't you tell him to go eat a dick? <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was too young at the time. It was just because I got into body. So I, my first job in the gym was in 93. I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school. I got like fully involved. And the influence there was just, hey, now let's bodybuild. Mm. And they're like, this is what you do. You shave and you paint. And I was like, <laughs> you know, 14, 15, they all had wives. And I was like, well, I guess my mom's going to have to do it for me. <laughs> so she would like shave me in my basement in my little Speedo and paint me. But then I, I had the other guys there oil me down for the stage. It wasn't her. <laughs> your, your, your junior year, you're still wrestling at um, 91. Your senior year, you move up to? So between my junior and senior year, I got sick of cutting weight, and I really started to work out. And I, I wrestled as heavy as 138 wow. my senior year. Not I didn't necessarily weigh that. The team got small. I was pretty good, and my coach would just kind of be like, we need you here. We need you here. Did you resent that wrestling guys bigger than you? It was it was a struggle because you work so hard to keep your weight there. Then when your coach is like, hey, we need you up here, it's like, man, I've worked so hard to be one nineteen. Now I got to be one thirty eight. But it was also at that point I was just doing it for fun. I was so interested in bodybuilding at that time that I just con- continued wrestling because I enjoyed it. And it was a little bit of a challenge. Like, cool. If I if like this built-in excuse of, well, if I don't beat him, he was bigger than me. Right. But if I do beat him, I'm a badass. Right. Um, and at that time, you said you're working out really hard. Are there any movements that were um, quote-unquote CrossFit movements besides like running? I'm sure you did a lot of running. But was it lat pull-down machine, bench press, squat, um, leg press? Was all that stuff? For the most part. I think one thing I did that helped me immediately in CrossFit was I always squatted. Okay. For some reason, originally it was on the Smith machine. I remember. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of my first workouts. I remember the first time I squatted because I couldn't walk for like a week. If mm-hmm. you guys right. ever yep. did that. Yep. So, Quads and glutes are just, just a mess, right? Tender. Couldn't walk. But then I did a lot of benching, 
no no deadlifting, no Olympic lifts. Yeah, outside of that, it was a lot of chest and tries, back and buys. And you get out of high school, and wh- where does Jason's world go to? I go to, I go immediately to college. So I go to upstate New York to SUNY Albany for college and still was very into health and fitness, trained, but also enjoyed college for four years. I didn't go to it for seven years like you did. but um, That's it? Seven? I did, I did seven, seven, nice. seven or eight or nine as an undergrad. Um, and that's when you were with um, Ed? No, what's his name? What was the guy in the in the one your clients? Oh, Jerry. Jerry, and that's when you met met Jerry. Yeah, we met. Um, we were in a fraternity in college. Okay. And so we. Did you wrestle at all in college? Intramural. Okay. So it was more hmm. just like, hey, they have intramural wrestling. So yeah. when I when I went to college, it was right around the time that they cut a lot of the male sports. Oh, Title Nine. Title Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was going to be a college team there, and then they got rid of it. So you would do intramural, where you would still go against other teams. But it wasn't as competitive. So um, Title IX is when they gave – there had to be uh, equal male and female sports. Correct. And so to do that without changing the budget, they got rid of some of the male sports and added – Added female sports. A lot of wrestling teams went. Female sports. A lot of water polo teams too. Really? Yeah. I cut football right off the top. Well, football, you, you gotta golf. Think, you got to think about the money makers. I'm just telling you what I, mean, I would like do. Football and bas- basketball. Can you really Baseball, gone. I, I agree with yeah. Savon. That's what I would have got. Kept ba- wrestling. Ultimate Frisbee, <laughs> gone. No, Ultimate, yeah, Ultimate Frisbee is intramural. When I think of intramural, I think of Ultimate Frisbee. That's what I did. Yeah. You know? I can see that. Smoke weed, drink, throw. That's it. Repeat. <laughs> uh, play barefoot. Any sport you can play barefoot, you have to also smoke weed. Pretty much. Except, re- oh yeah, wrestling. Uh, well, like no. MMA, a lot of the guys... Smoke weed. Yeah. Water polo, one guy smoked weed. Do they? Is yeah, that yeah. considered barefoot if you're in a pool? That's. I mean, that's the connection I was making. They barely wear swimsuits. Anyways. There's some great photos on Matt's Instagram and a Speedo if you want to see them later on after the show. Yeah. Peruse. I, I'll share. Or drink the show. I like to share. Um, so so you're so you're in college, um, and you're, but you're still lifting weights. Yeah. Big, at that point in college was when I probably got more into – the power lift so is that when you weighed 170 in college i probably got up near there in college but i would still bodybuild over the summer so i'd come home like super heavy super bloated and then spend three months getting back into really good shape for one bodybuilding show okay and repeat it again uh, no when i was 170 i was that was probably four years that was during crossfit were you training for the games or something? <laughs> <laughs> I was training for the open. Um, seven-time open athlete right here. Um, oh, yeah. No, I just – I think what I would do is – I've heard you kind of talk about it a little. Like I was eating paleo food, but it was really whatever paleo meant to me that day. Oh, yeah. It was like tons of bacon, boxes, and I would go to Costco and get that huge tub of cashews and just – crush it in a day welcome Our, to my world the, you know, the coaching staff we would all just bring them in so i had one of my coaches was austin maliolo and he could eat like that and we're like well i'm like if austin can do it i can do it so i would try to eat as much as him yeah and i would just i was chubby you know bacon all you know and, and chicken wings were paleo oh, on yeah. the right day tequila of was of course paleo mm-hmm. so it wasn't I wasn't really doing paleo. I just was doing what I deemed to be paleo, and that's when I got heavier. Okay. So 
because of your wrestling background and because of the weight cuts, you were you were experimenting with food. You you've always had a relationship with food that, that are tied around weight and performance. Absolutely, that's a, that's a deep history. You were always your own laboratory. You know a ton of shit that works and a ton of shit that doesn't work, right? Did you ever miss weight um, in high school when you were wrestling? I never missed weight. The first time you would get a few pounds. So if you made weight in the morning, you would then get three pounds. I missed it that way. I would have to cut again. Did, did you see the? So you eventually got the. You would eventually get in. Yeah, I never like couldn't step on the mat because I wasn't on weight. What happens if you don't make weight? Depending on when you missed it and your coach, if you were a good coach, would probably be like you can't wrestle. If you were better than the guy above you, he might have put you in there. But oh, that's okay. almost saying, hey, mm. we're going to allow your poor behavior to influence other people. Wasn't there an MMA uh, fight, UFC fight a couple weeks ago? Or guy that's what I was going to ask you about. Okay. Do you follow UFC? Yeah, a lot. Did uh, you see that? Yoel Romero, that was, Luke yeah, Rockhold? Yeah, he missed like three pounds. And then he had two hours to lose the weight. Did that surprise you when he didn't lose it? No. At that point, I think that fight was in – was that in Brazil? Australia. 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 So, Everyone's racing. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I think Matt had me. First of all, travel will mess up your ability to cut weight. You're just you'll you'll hold hold weight. Mm. So there's that. And then it's not when he's stepping on the scale at one eighty three, it's not like he's like, Fuck it, I'm not trying today. He tried hard to get there and his body's just shutting down. Right. You he see, needed he needed to be one eighty five. He came in at one eighty eight. They weighed him again later and he was 187.3. He didn't even like lose a pound. Yeah, his body's just like, nope, I'm not going to. I've been there where your body's like refusing to sweat anymore. It's, it, I mean, you're seeing it more and more, and I think they're changing a lot of the rules and regulations in MMA because people, there's people that are dying trying to cut weight. That's a Matt, Matt gets like that. It's not travel that makes him hold weight, it's this show. Yeah. If, he, if he knows there's going to be a podcast, he. So we we're in your he beer. Puts on three pounds. We're in a beer for about five hours. That equates to probably five pounds I'll gain. Right. <laughs> um. So you always make weight. You go to college. You work out. You drink. You party. You do four years at college. You studied. What did you study? Psychology. Psychology. And um, were there a ton of women in that major? That seems like a major. Is that like women outnumber men, seven to one? No, I oh. think pretty. Straight up major. It's just one of those majors where. Are you doing that because you're soul searching or because it's easy or because. I was doing it because. So I go to college and when you're Jewish, your parents are like, you need to become a doctor or a lawyer. And so I was like, all right, I'll become a doctor. And then you get to. How work. about a banker? <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that wasn't. I think nowadays. How about a jeweler? That's what my grandfather was. Okay. But. Seamstress? No, I don't. I was never just doctor or lawyer. A, okay, to become a seamstress, but you you get to the point in college where you have to take organic chemistry. Okay, mm, yeah. I was like, no, this is not for me. But I, a lot of the pre med classes pushed you towards psychology. It was easy. I did enjoy it, but it was really my undergrad was more just like, okay, I need to get this diploma because this is what you're supposed to do. Organic chemistry. There's like a it's. It, I think in my school it was three quarters, right? There's like A, B, C. And you got to take it like the whole year. I didn't even start it, so it's, I don't know. It's like that weeder class. It's the it's definitely yeah, the weeder yeah, class. But yeah. I remember my roommate was taking it, and he was just studying nonstop for it. Now he's a doctor. Well, he's a chiropractor. I want to say Lucas went through all the chem series. My girlfriend and um, he did. He's smart. Yeah, I think I got like a B, B's and got out of there. 
my girlfriend in college took it. She did well. I, I, and, and then she left me. And I haven't heard from her since. That's the dream. You become a doctor and you... She just weeded you out. I can't even find her like on Instagram or anything. I don't know, on Facebook. She blocked you. She blocked me. <laughs> 20 years later. Do you want to hear how this girl... So uh, I, was, I, was dating, as, yes. I was... Yes, 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 yes. I was dating this girl for like two years. I thought we had a great relationship. And... Um, uh, one day she just it was about two weeks before finals and there was a note on my um she dear johned you yeah there was a there was a note like on my bed or something and we lived together at the time and she said oh no no we didn't live together at the time but she was always at my house right it's college you know when the girl like basically moves in and there's a note on my bed that says hey don't try to find me our relationship's over that's harsh it's yeah pretty, it's pretty definitive after two years and then so she and i knew she was going to um What's that car called when you go to a foreign country and you help the natives? Study abroad. Oh, uh, Kennedy. Kennedy developed the program. Um, Peace Corps. Peace Corps. Yeah. Thank you. And so she goes away to the Peace Corps. And, so, so, so basically I look for her for like two or three weeks. I can't fucking find her, right? And I go to her house and her roommates are like giving me like the... And um, so she leaves and go, so, so she, it's gone. School's out. And um, <laughs> this was kind of crazy. And so, so I don't hear from her, and like a month passes, and I'm still in town. It's 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 Isla Vista, California, and I'm at my neighbor's house, doinking one of my neighbors, and I hear a car pull up in the driveway of my house. So I look out my neighbor's window, and it's her. She's come back probably for some reason to say sorry or to do some amends. So I'm like getting dressed, and I come back, and she's gone, and she's left, and I go in my room, and she's pulled condoms out of the trash can, and go you, and it just there was a note there that basically said you piece of shit. She broke I'm sorry up with I you. Sorry, I came back. I know, I know, but I mean that's the story. I'm just telling. I got you your story. back on that one. All right, good. She, she was mad at you for moving on. I, I, I don't know, but like I wish that like, I wish it didn't go down like that. So you would have rather. She didn't find the condoms and got back together? I would have liked to have just had some closure. Well, I think no, no, not get back together. You gave her closure. Once she, she, saw yeah. once she kicked she me to the curb, I'm not a... Um, she has closure. No, once she kicked me to the curb, that was fine. I, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not... Um, heartbreak, I'll, I'll roll with some. You're, you're just talking about 20 years later. No big yeah. deal. I'm willing to bet she got, she got C- minuses and no chem. You don't want to be associated with oh, that. Oh, she was awesome. She was a great girlfriend. I, I've never had a bad girlfriend. So, where were we? Your ex-girlfriends. No. <laughs> so, so, so you're in, so you're in college. Um, you finish college in psychology. Your parents aren't ecstatic because you're not becoming a doctor. Yeah. So, and then I could I get my masters. So I stayed in school. The moral of the story is I used condoms. You guys totally fucking missed it. <laughs> I think you threw that in there. <laughs> she found tissues. <laughs> my my first question was, how often do you take out the trash? <laughs> Okay, so you get. Yeah, I was busy. Uh, it was okay. summer. Um, so you, so so you get out of college, and then I immediately go back to school for my masters. But so when I graduated, all my friends kind of left the area. They go to New York City, and it was like the boom of the financial industries before it was like two thousand. Hmm. And I was like, I can't move back home with my parents. So why not? Because they're crazy. Okay, and I. I just never imagined moving back home once I left as a freshman. Okay. And I had a girlfriend also at the time who who was from that area. Can a nice Jewish boy bring his girlfriend back home? Yeah, my parents are cool. Like at the, at the time, you could have swung it. Yeah, I would. You know, they they met all my girlfriends. My grandparents were not happy because they weren't Jewish. Right. And I maybe dated one or two Jewish girls. 
I remember when my grandmother was really sick and she was gonna, you know, she was getting close to passing away. I had a new girlfriend and she was like, "Is she Jewish?" And I, I lied to her. Good job. <laughs> Good job. I was like, "Yeah." Good job. And you know, I think she passed away happy because of that. Um, Sorry, one more story on my part. Time out. My wife, fucking, she's Jewish, and her parents were like, "You got to be with a Jew. You got to be with a Jew. You got to be with a Jew." Then she reached a certain age. I don't know what it was like, and she was with me the whole time, right? We were just dating. And then she reached like a certain age. We didn't get married till I'm 45 now. We didn't get married till I was 40. We were together for like 20 years. And then finally she reaches a certain age where the, the Jewish parents abandon that. And they're like, just get fucking married. You that's, know that's what I mean? My like, parents got there. They were just like, yeah. we just want grandkids at this point. Right. We don't care. Right. Why, why, why is there so much pressure to marry a Jew? Keep that bloodline strong. Yeah, Jewish people yo. were oppressed really? for many years. We should research that. Oh, uh, okay. I, Keep that I, bloodline I, strong. I guess I just I'm I'm not Jewish. I don't understand the the pressure. Oh yeah, that's. I think it's gonna slow down. Like I wouldn't care personally at this point. Mm -hmm. But that that was like the last generation where. Did you do the mitzvah? Which I, I did. I bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. I'm a man. And so you did. <laughs> you 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 uh, recited um, that whole thing in Hebrew. I did. I've read from the Torah. And do you still know that off the top of your head? I mean, I can throw out like a prayer for you. Please. I wouldn't know what it means. Can you throw out a prayer for yeah, us? Yeah, you can do like, Barhu Adonai Hambarach. If you're Jewish listening, they would know exactly what I was talking about. Or they would know that they didn't know, but that they knew that they also knew it too. Yes, somewhat. And... Barai <laughs> Yeah, this, I mean, I'm not... I sound culturally dense right now. But... You are. Well, so the, you, I think most... Not most, but Jewish people get to that point where they're about 13. They get bar or bat mitzvah if they're male or female. And then they are forced to learn this language that they're never going to use again. Sure. So you still retain parts of it. Do you get any good gifts? Do you remember how much cash you made? Yeah, I do because I think I hit like $10,000. That would be a number I would never forget if I was yeah, I if remember. I had a party <laughs> like that and people were throwing money on me. I would remember that till I died. I do. obviously still remember. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> But you had to save it. Oh yeah, it was put away immediately. Like I, that wasn't like, hey, what do you want to go buy? It was like, now you can go to college. Oh, <laughs> that type so of, you don't uh, even still have the money. I mean, I don't know what my parents truly. They're very generous. Your people. parents spent it. I don't think they spent it because they did help me get through college, so okay. they didn't spend it all. You go back to get your master's. I got my master's. Oh, you got it. I have a master's degree in psychology. Oh, okay. And then what? Have so, you met this lady you're with yet? I met her at a level one. Oh, no so shit. Pretty recently. Where you were the instructor? I, yes. That's allowed? I told Coach Glassman about it after the fact, and he was very happy. Wow. But, <laughs> right, yeah, as long right. as you get Greg's blessing, you're all good right. to go. No, I mean, I, wanted, I saw him at the summit this past year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously. The trainer summit, the tra for people who don't know, the 180 best trainers in the world every year gather together. This year they descended on Dallas, right? At the Gaylord Ranch. That's the Gaylord, right. Yeah. That's right. Gaylord. And uh, Jason Ackerman is part of that crew. We probably should have, like, really drilled that in right away, but we're too busy talking about other stuff. Um, so, well, he so was you're there. at the summit. Yep. He was there. He gave that great speech. You guys, it's been all over mm -hmm. CrossFit. Um, the and, world's most vexing problem. Yes. And, and you know, I think he's, he's been so impactful on my life. You just want to thank him. Nicole Carroll gave an amazing uh, speech there. She, I mean, when, Holy when shit. she talks or when Coach talks, you just get chills. You don't want to be thinking about anything else. You just want to listen. So, you know, he finishes his speech and... 
he's just standing around talking to everybody, and I thank him for. I mean, he's had the greatest impact on my life outside of my parents, maybe. And I said, you know, one cool thing was like, now you've also impacted my life because I met my wife at a level one. So I met her at a level one. It wasn't like, hey, we met and I'm banging her, you know, during the social on a Saturday. <laughs> it was, um, we met there, went our separate ways. I think we were both dating people at the time. Crossed paths again. She lived on Cayman Island. And again, went our separate ways. Like and then, Cayman Island, like that foreign country, the Cayman Islands? Correct. Okay. She's, With the stingrays and shit? Yeah, she's from Cayman. She's English. Okay. And and then our first kind of date where we hung out was at the games in 2016, the last year in Carson. So, where, wait, where did you yeah. cross paths the second time? Sorry. In Cayman. Okay. What so, were you doing there? The I seminar? was... Yeah, I was doing my own kind of nutrition seminars. Okay. So when I saw her at the level one, she's, she comes in to register, and she, I saw that she was from Cayman, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be there in a couple of weeks. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're coming to our box, CrossFit 7 Mile. Okay. And then I see her there that night, and again, that was it. And then we kind of started – so at the seminars, I would end it. This is a slick move. Mm. You put your phone number. I'm like, hey, here's my phone number. That's her. I'd be like, here's my phone number. If you guys have more questions, feel free to text. Ah, you know, I'm, I'm helping. I'm doing it because I want to help right, people. But at the same right, time, hey, right. if you want to text me because you're interested, don't hesitate. <laughs> so I, Do you still I mean, put your number up? No, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but at, so that wasn't like a text the next day, but it was like we stayed in contact. She was like, oh, you're going to happen to be at the games. I will. We should hang out. What was she doing there just as a fan? She was spectator. just – she was kind of – at the time, she was getting ready to leave Cayman, and she was a lot of Caymanians wind up going to Canada. So she was checking out Vancouver to see if she wanted to move there. Mm. We hung out at the games, and I was like, "Hey, come visit in Florida." And by now, you're you and your girlfriend are broken up. Yeah, that was like an ex ago. I was thinking okay. I was talking to someone else when we first when we saw each other <laughs> at the games uh, okay, too. Okay, okay, okay. And that's why it was kind of like a slow, slow burn. And she came to visit in Florida. And she was looking for a place to to leave Cayman for. I was like, let's do this. This was like, we spent two days together. Wow. And then she moved in. That's some shit out of Gary Roberts' book. Know, you just felt know. it. We knew, yeah. I mean, we knew probably at the level one, it was kind of like a spark. And then when we saw each other at the games, you know, nothing happened physically. But we were just like, hey, something's there. We were texting a lot more. She came to visit and... We we're like, hey, if we're gonna give this a go, like neither one of us want to be traveling back and forth all the time. Move here. You were looking to leave anyway, and then we we were in, she I we got engaged like a month later. Holy smokes! Uh, how old is she? Thirty three. And you're married now. We're married. We got married in November out in Santa Monica. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. And home for you is Florida. Yep, Naples, Florida. Mm. Oh, there was a gym there I visited in like 2008 or 9. God, I wish I could remember it. I did a piece on the gym. It was a young man. He was fantastic, and his mom had cancer. Cross with Blaze. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, because I know that <clears throat> Jason owns that, and his mom Liz had cancer. Yes. They're great. Yes, they were great. They were amazing. I'm so glad you said that. I was like, oh, this is throwing the dice. She's like super healthy now. And when, mm -hmm. I, when I first met her, them, mm -hmm. I thought they were brother sister. Wow. And she thinks I'm joking because I still say that to her when I see her. Yeah. But I was like, no, for real, I thought you guys were brother and sister. She has huh. great energy. Is that affiliate still there? Yeah, they're still around. Yeah, they, they were amazing. They were so warm. Uh, Haley and I went. My wife and I went mm -hmm. and visited them. Yeah, they're a great box. They, 
I don't go there. I've been there a handful of times. Or like Naples is small, but there's not an easy way to get around. So it's like five miles, but thirty minutes. So the box I go to and the box I coach at is North Naples CrossFit. It's like a mile from my house. You finish your master's degree slowly. It was like I was doing like six credits at a time because. So what happened was when I didn't move back home, I needed a job. Okay. And I was working at a Gold's gym for like seven dollars an hour. Uh, front desk. <laughs> no, as a trainer. Oh. So. But, 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 okay. Well, go on. So when I was in high school, the the they tested this program. I forget. I think it was called Wise, and it was like ten people picked. You had to be smart to get into this program. And it's basically, we're gonna give you real world experience. Are you Ashkenazi Jew? I don't know if I'm. I don't. Those are the smart oh, ones. Oh, that's like this. Yeah, I don't know. Where, I'm not I don't know where you're smart. getting that ranking I'm, from. No, that, that, Dude, that's everyone a knows thing. it. Everyone knows Ashkenazi Jews are the smartest people on the planet. But I'm not very smart. I'm not. I'm just dense. I okay. just did okay in high school, so I got eligible for this program. Okay. And all all my friends went to like real places. I'm gonna to the doctors' offices, attorneys, and I and I interned at the gym. So I basically, <laughs> so I didn't have to go to I high school, it. and I literally just worked out all day. That's how I got really into bodybuilding because you just at the gym all day. But they they allowed me to get like at the time my ACE certification or all these other as a little, sophomore in high school. No, this was as a senior. Oh, okay. Wow. So that was like ninety okay. three, and then when I finished it, they hired me, and I would come back from college, and they would bring me on for the summer, for the winter, and so I had all these credentials that, and I was able to get a job at Gold's, which at the time I was like, this is like the mecca. I work at Gold's gym. Okay. I was super. Even pumped. even with six years of college under your belt or whatever. Yeah. Eight, eight years of college. That's under how your belt, that's were... how into. Okay. And and now you're 26. That's probably like when I I was working at Gold's like my senior year, so it's probably 22. But then I stayed there during my masters, and I would at that point I started to bounce around. I probably had jobs at seven gyms. Okay. I was just mm. chasing clients all over the area. All in. Oh my God. Holy cow. <laughs> really? <laughs> That was Eric strikes again. All this is all in New York, upstate New York. This, this is, is going on? this. So this gym here was like a old school racquetball club. You might have been there. This is where I opened my first affiliate in a racquetball. What city? Albany, New York. Albany CrossFit. I had the first competition that wasn't the games in my parking lot, and then like three years of sectionals and regionals in the Albany CrossFit parking lot. If you, I'm sure you can find that. Wow. But that was... Were you the first gym in, in Albany, New York? Yeah. I was the only gym for probably two or three years. Wow. Okay. Well, so so let's go back. So so you're in your 20s. You're I'm working like, at a Gold's gym. And um, how... When did CrossFit come in? Not until 2006. So you're in a Gold's... You teach at a Gold's gym for 10 years? Yeah. I mean, I was bouncing around. I, I, would, I didn't last at Gold's that whole time. I wound up going to this gym, the court club. They brought me on. They basically had me running the place. And I got to the point in 2006, I was like, I'm, I'm done with this fitness because it was really listening to middle-aged women complain about their husbands at that point. I was sick of training people, sick of teaching kickboxing. <laughs> and um, luckily, like my good friend at jiu-jitsu hands me a muscle and fitness. He's like, have you heard of this thing, CrossFit? And I was like, no, let me, it was Chuck Liddell. And I was like, let me check that out. Went home, 
CrossFit.com, next day, Cindy, never looked back. Oh, what do you mean it was Chuck Liddell? There was like an article on Chuck Liddell. He used, he goes to the oh, pit, John Hackleman's right. place. Hackleman's yeah. a huge Yeah, so it was like crossfit. just a little small okay. blurb. And my buddy Chad, like, thank God for this guy. Mm. Handed me that. If he wouldn't have handed me that, I would have be. I'd be a teacher at some school. At this point, have you lost touch with Jerry? Oh no, Jerry's current. I talked to. Oh, at this point, yeah, yeah. So you lost I touch. Say, I never lost touch. It would be like we'll get together once in a while. I mean, I all those guys moved back to the same area, and even though Albany was like three hours from the city, I'm when you work for yourself as a trainer, you're just hustling all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I. I mean, from 2000 to 2000 till I opened 2007. I mean, I was struggling. I was in. You're either you're either working out or working. And but I mean, I was busting my butt to barely cover any bills. I right. lived. I don't know what the PC word is, but you know, in the Paycheck, ghetto, of, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, of oh, okay. Albany. Like mm-hmm. I lived. Yeah, you could say ghetto in on the this show. Bad part of town. My car. I had a car that I, I stopped putting a new stereo in it because it just kept getting broken into. <laughs> but I mean, that's oh, how much. Oh, when we were in Albany, there were some for the this last regionals. There yeah. are some shady places. So I, lived, I mean, there. where you guys were at the Times Union Center, mm-hmm. I lived really close to. I, mean, I was paying like four hundred dollars a month in a basement apartment, but it was just because I did not want to get a real job. I was like, I will do this training thing, and then it got to this point that I was like, I can't do it anymore. And like I said, CrossFit like fell into my life. So you go to CrossFit.com. You do. Did you say Cindy? My first workout, yeah, was Cindy. You know, for a lot of people, that was their first workout. How many rounds? I mean, maybe I think seven or eight. Okay. Guess how many? That was Spiel's first workout. Guess how many he did? First time, probably thirty. Twenty-one. Yeah, twelve. Still okay. That's like a lifetime achievement goal for me, Cindy. (laughs) Now I can do that. Opening like. But and I and I think I only did Cindy because at the time it was muscle ups, and I a couldn't do one, but b didn't have rings, and you know so I was in the globe upstairs from where I was teaching. This was like a Nautilus room. They had one, you know, the ones with the. Cables. Cable crossover, so yeah. they had that pull-up bar, and that's where I was doing it. Couldn't kip. So that that was probably 2006, and then I took my L1 in 2007. But I was slowly – anyone that I was training got transitioned to CrossFit. Like I was like, all right, all the stuff we've been doing for the last 10 years is dumb. Sorry. <laughs> now we're going to do this. And they either loved it or hated it. But I was like, I can't. It was my. I didn't have to listen to them anymore because they don't have an opportunity to talk. They're in the middle of their workout, or I was actually starting to coach. It wasn't like, hey, sit on this machine, extend your legs. I was like, no, push your knees out. I'm going to teach you how to squat. And it just slowly grew, just like Coach Glassman was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to bring you know Diana. You're going to train with Donna now. So there's two of you. I'm going to charge you less, but now I've got more time. And then eventually, I was like, I need more space. And I started to look elsewhere. What did what did the management of of this was at this core gym, the court club, the court club. This is where you started your CrossFit teaching. What what did what did the other managers besides yourself? I know you said you ran the place, but was there any concern from the owners of what you were doing? Yeah. Any pushback? No, this is like a very privately owned place. So the you know flash forward, I sold the Albany CrossFit to the owner. Oh, of this place. Yep. Oh, sweet. So they they fully get it. He's he's got his level one. He coaches. I mean, at the time. 
the biggest pushback was that we're on a racquetball court blasting music next to the old guys trying to play racquetball. Okay. So it was more like that stuff. It wasn't like, you know, the other trainers upstairs started to talk poorly of me, but mostly because everybody wanted to do what I was doing. Right. Mm. It was like, oh, that's stupid. That's how you're going to get, you know, the typical stuff. But it's because their clients were hating life. Well, my guys are high-fiving, getting their first pull-up. Right, and getting fit. And getting really fit, enjoying themselves. And then once we went downstairs, it just, I mean, it blew up. So that was in, I I affiliated in 2007. So you moved out of there to where? No, no. So this is the core club. Mm -hmm. There was, at the time, 12 racquetball courts. There was 18 with squash, but 12 racquetball. And I started to look all over. I was like, okay, I got to rent a place. And then... I was training one of my clients, and he's like, why don't you just ask if you can rent one of those racquetball courts? I was like, that's a great idea. And I asked the owner, his name was Shai. I said, can I rent one court? And racquetball is a dying sport. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So uh, that's what it became. That's a racquetball court? So this is, that's huge. This is three. Three racquetball so courts. So the very first court I rented went, see where it says Alba and then the Kool-Aid guy? Yeah. That, there's a seam right there. That was my first room. You can find that somewhere too. But so I rented this room. A year later, I rented this one. A year later, there's two across the hall. So eventually, I rented five. And um, th- this is how uh, Austin, um, but Bajibing, Did he start another racquetball court too? I, I believe I when I went to his first gym in 2008. I don't know if it was, if it was his first gym, but when I went to his gym in 2008, um, it was a racquetball court. There's a handful that I know of because I know people used to reach out when they started to. You know, or when they wanted to open on a court as well, but yeah, this was uh, it makes me smile because this was, it almost makes me tear up because this was like, it's beautiful. This is what too. changed my life. Like without so many people, I mean, obviously Coach Glassman, but even the owner of this place allowing me to do that. If I would have had to go somewhere and pay real rent, he let me rent that first court for eight hundred fifty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I opened my first. This is not what it looked like. There was no flooring. There was no rogue. So it was me putting pipe into the wall, right. finding mm-hmm. a GHD on Craigslist. And I think I opened, including my affiliate fee, for like $3,000. So Equipment, affiliate fee, and first month's rent. Yeah, and that was like every dollar I had. And I was like, I'm doing this. Did you tell your parents about this? I doubt it. Not because I was ashamed or I just, I have a great relationship with my parents, but I don't really talk about what's going on. Now I do because I, I live much closer to them, but. No reason to stress them out. Yeah. It was just like my mom, I think she kind of thinks I have a real job now. <laughs> I don't think she, until my book came out, I don't think she thought I was ever going to have her like be able to take care of myself. Um, <laughs> your book. I have a book. Jesus yeah. Christ. From when you're eating. It's, you know, it's all about the nutrition stuff. Talk about being prepared. What's the name of the book? I'll, the next time you come back, <laughs> I'm, the next time you come back, I want to read the book. But, I, I just read one book this year. Come on. I read Spiel's book. I saw that. I saw the definitive. I, yeah. You read some of Cooper's too. The definitive guide to flexible eating. Could you copy it? Could you text that or email that to me? I'll, I'll, I'll send you, it for you. I'll send you an no, ebook. No, I want an Amazon. I don't ebook me. Paperback twenty nine ninety nine. Well, if you're gonna fucking, if you're gonna buy it online, buy it on my site at least. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your paperback so expensive? 
Because it's self-published. Okay, perfect. I'm gonna buy three. And I have a co-author. And and Austin Maliola wrote the forward. No shit. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, Spiel had Froning write his. Five. Look at that. Five oh, star. Click those reviews. Let's go. Let's take a look let's, before we get back to this, this whole gym nonsense. I hope they're... Yeah, I'd like to read Spieler's book. I know Andrea's here somewhere. I'd like to. Mm -hmm. She's real stingy with her copies. Well, I'll buy it. Oh, no, that's because she gave you the first one she ever got and you wrote all over it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I want to read it. Uh, this this is um, from Stephen Winkle, August 6, 2017, in regards to Jason Ackerman's book, Own you're eating after five years of crossfit including coaching getting married fathering two children job changes a move or two and at least 20 nutrition and lifestyle challenges it was clear to me that perfect clean eating was not for me yet there was no balance presented you're either all in or you're all out this book and the philosophy presented was a game changer only a few weeks in, I can't say I've met my goals, but for the first time, I'm comfortable with the choices I am making, including having a glazed munchkin with two-year-old daughter. Did I read that right? Including having a glazed munchkin with two-year-old daughter and having a full understanding how it impacted my nutritional, my nutrition for the day. not the best grammar, but you get the Thank point you, Jason that. and James and Ross. Hey, it, it makes it feel more authentic. This fake review sound, feels <laughs> as real as all get out. <laughs> Um, please note that for me to fully embrace this model, I did some $50 on the optional recommended app. It may not be necessary for all, but I found it to be invaluable. He just in means he upgraded my fitness bell for the most part. Oh, oh, my fit. Oh yeah. 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 Congratulations. How long has the book been out? Probably close to a year, maybe. It looks like it came out in July. Don't great reviews yeah, feel, don't, doesn't that feel good? Five, five star reviews. That does. I've never seen this actually. Wait till someone puts a one star on there, and then you read the review, and it's because the book came damaged. You're I'll, like, you I'll asshole! Was, that's not my fault. We had that at, at the box. We had a, you know, we deal with Yelp, uh -huh. and oh, if yeah. someone gave me like, I would, I handled it very poorly. We got <laughs> it was bad. We had a really big blow up with Yelp at one point. You, you know, my feeling is, is when the owners come back on and respond to negative comments, that's where I, that's what I really read how they respond. Like, I should have listened to your interview with Chris Cooper seven uh, years yeah. ago. And I'm, I handled it. Whatever Cooper said, I did the opposite. Go was, fuck yourself. Don't was, ever come back. It's it like, bad. ooh. I used, I used him as a, as a mentor when I had the boxes. He's great. Though. You he's, did, huh? He's, really oh, he's amazing. He, he's a, I mean, I've known him for years. He's, I, I would consider him a friend. He's so smart. And everything he was saying on that podcast. I like your interaction with him, though, because a couple of things you gave him good pushback on because it's challenging. What he's saying mm -hmm. is, is right. But it's. I think sometimes you lose sight of being the box owner that's maybe struggling a little bit. Mm. Where it's like, hey, no, no, this is what you're worth and all that. But no, what he was saying on that podcast was was great, and he helped. He helped. I don't think without him, I would have been able to sell my boxes because we turned it into a a model that I can just leave and someone else can take over. Yeah, he's incredible. Did Did you just give Matt a compliment? <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Cause can we put that up on the counter, Eric? <laughs> Is that one? Is that one? That is. Well, no, because I just throwing those out like candy. As, as a as a box owner, I understand his principle of this is your value, but at the same time, when you need that, like if he's Matt saying, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred dollars," I did that dozens of times, and I needed to because that's how I paid the coaches sometimes, or that's how I ate, and 
yeah, when you get to the point, it's the same thing now. Mm. I mean, I'll still give away free coaching if the person, I'm probably too charitable with my time and what I give away. And I think that's the the balance of being a business owner versus being someone that's just really passionate about, I would do all oh, this for free well if I didn't need to pay bills. I would meet with everybody on this planet and help them change their nutrition. And knowing and knowing how to balance the two, I think is what Cooper really gets. Mm-hmm. You, you know what's crazy is, and I only, I only spoke to him for about, an, I don't, how long was the Ronnie Teasdale podcast? Two hours. Two hours, okay. It, he's really, um, he really wants to give everything. He doesn't want to be involved in the economy. I can uh, tell by his pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to be involved in the economy. It's, it's, it's. it's I think uh, that's a great statement, but I don't think it's real. I mean, maybe that, maybe it is. It's obviously it's his, his reality. reality. But he's rocking it. But I, I think it really works for him. I yeah. think he's truly happy. I, I love. Every, you know, going back to Cooper, like everything he was saying about wealth, I love it. I mean, for me, wealth is more just like, do I have time? Can I do? Can I get to California for three days like this to to be here? That's me, independence. Mm. But at the same time, you need to have money in your bank account. Have a hand to your shit. If it's working for him, Ronnie, good for him. He wants to run the social experiment and let the heavens and the energies and the forces and the realities and the vortexes support him and take responsibility. Fucking kudos to him. That being said, I have some friends who are so, and, and, and this is, I'm leaving the Ronnie Teasdale realm. This is not directed at Ronnie at all. I have friends who are so fucking cheap that they're always looking for a fucking deal. And they'll even look from deals from their friends. And it's like, that's the last fucking person I want to deal from. But that's not if, the same, right? That's a right, completely totally different. different. Like, like if I come to you and you're my friend and I want you to train me, I want to pay you full price. I want you to succeed. If you're my fucking um, dentist, I want to pay you full price. I don't want a fucking discounted cavity filling. Mm-hmm. The fuck! I don't want to, uh, my psychiatrist charging me fifty percent. I think that's the mark of a good friend too, because I I had that more so with box ownership, where someone's like, "Hey, I thought we were friends." I'm like, "If we were friends, you would have no problem paying me." Right. But then you can <laughs> tell the people, because nothing would irk me more. I agree. There's people like that, and they'd be like, "I can't afford it." This and that. Then they'd be eating sushi on Facebook. Yeah. And I just gave yeah. them a discounted rate. Yeah. And that that's the thing that Cooper's right about. That devalues what you're doing, and it's hard to really know who the right people are to do that for. We used to do, you know, whether it was sponsorships, that type of stuff, because you you realize who those people, you know. And he's right. There, CrossFit is not meant to be afforded by everyone. Everyone can do CrossFit because it's free. Not everyone can do it at an affiliate because we need to pay our bills. But to find those right people. Is is I think important to the to the culture of CrossFit. It, it it's the same as tipping. If if I go to my my corner um coffee shop and I like the barista, I'll tip them well, because I want that barista to be there every single day. Right, Re- reward those with your dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, a tangent here. That is interesting. <clears throat> People constantly looking for deals. I'm just haven't thinking about that in my life, and it is kind of an annoying thing. He's saying that because I'm Jewish, I think a little bit too. Know your audience doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> you affiliate. You're you're scared when you do it. No, I I wasn't. Oh, that's my first video. He, is Rocky. I don't it, know if he, isn't he? Can you play Rocky music on? Like, can you play that? In the we back? do whatever we Six want. Six seconds or less, Eric. Hurry. We, we have lawyers. <laughs> that was an ex-girlfriend. 
too long on this shot, huh? So I'm not sure I'm <laughs> no, no, I like it. I like it. I like it. Too this is like my first. <laughs> oh, look at me. Look at me. See, now look at your hair there. That's long that's hair. That's long. Yeah, that's, that's long. That's what I'm saying. It that's doesn't nice. look as healthy. So that was my first banner in the background. It doesn't look as healthy. You're right. You can see it, Albany CrossFit. So this is the racquetball court. Oh, um, Jason, how um, when you when you switch to this model, isn't the gym owner concerned that you're going to take his clients away? I mean, he's that was trying a, to... that was a big that was a look look at that sumo deadlift high pull. He's running the gym too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was a big, you know, it's so long ago that I have to think back, but we used to butt heads about it. He he must have figured out when he figured out your rent at eight hundred and fifty dollars a month. There was you know he that that would accommodate eight memberships. But then once you crossed over those eight memberships, he's like, oh fuck, this guy's taking money from me. Y yes, but at the same time, don't watch that knee bend on that. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is that you? That's me. So, but at the same at the same time, his gym was primarily racquetball. Okay. That Nautilus area was a very small portion of his income. Okay. So he didn't really care about it. And like you said, I think he did a little math in his head. Whatever he was charging, I'm getting 850 Because I tell you what, all of these people were members of his gym because they were they were paying to go up to this, the Nautilus room when I was training them, and now they were no longer doing that. They were just paying me directly. Ooh. Did you play racquetball oh, too? Oh, this is my first muscle up. It looks sped up. Is it sped yeah, up? It's a little sped up. So this, this, <laughs> that, we get, that's how I have all mine filmed too. <laughs> we get, we get these rings and I was like, all right, I'm going to film it. I can do 30 muscle ups for a time. Uh -huh. Those were the two muscle ups I got came down. I was like, all right, now I'm going to do one at a time. Couldn't do another one. Awesome. And I was like, that's it. We're going to do twos. How come you didn't do two, then replay it 15 times? I should have, I should have. That's I, the new I way. You, the Trevor Beckmeyer. If I have you <laughs> editing me. This so is, is this so, the same video? <laughs> so so you so you affiliate in this gym, you expand from one racquetball court to five racquetball courts. Over about five or six years. You expand from you being the trainer to how many trainers? I think at our peak I had over twenty trainers. Wow. And at what point do you think, oh, maybe I'll be I'll try to get on the L one seminar staff? That was from the first Seminar I took in 2007. You're like, I oh, this. I want to do this? I, I immediately was reaching out to, um, I think it was probably Nicole at the time. What what can I do? And it was, well, the level two is coming out. Take that. And I took the, it was either the first or second one offered. Actually, I took the level two with Spieler. Oh, we so the that same was, one. I think that he said that was the second one. The second one. And uh, Tosh, I think, took it as well. Brian Shantosh? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, I hear if you call him Tosh, that means you guys are friends. I wouldn't. We were acquaintances. We worked together here and there, but okay. Um, and like three or four of us passed, so I did that. And then at the time, I think the intern proce process wasn't quite as organized as it is today. So I'd be like, "Show up, come back. Show up, come back." <laughs> but I don't think I actually officially started interning till maybe like 2011 or 12. Because in the meantime, I was growing this box. I opened a second. Okay. I had a third by the end. Uh, but my official interning started in maybe 2011 or 12. Right? And, and had you started taking other seminars, like the Olympic weightlifting, yeah, I mean, the kettlebell? Yeah, if you go to the CrossFit directory, I think I've got every specialty seminar out there. Okay. Because there was a small period of time where they were like, well, you have to do five seminars, five specialty seminars to do this. So I 
I, I, I've taken everything. Awesome. And I, and I worked a little bit. Did you the, do the Buddy Lee jump rope one? Did, I think that was. Jesus. Is there one that came and gone before oh, wow. I had the opportunity? That is robust. Checks out. Checks out. <laughs> do you have the judges course? I don't have this year's yet. I probably should take that. This was a. You work at the games too, right? That's where I see you every year. I judge at the games. So I you will have to take the judges course, right? Yeah, I'll take it again this year. I've taken some of those online courses. Or if you guys, if you take that lesson planning course, that's the that's really good. That's the that, yeah. that online one. I don't think that's popping up here. Yeah, I see it. Oh, I see it. it. I yeah. see it. That that one is if you're just online and you want to take something, that's really good. I think some of these aren't around anymore. The exercise science one. My mom just took an online course. I wonder if one, which one she took. There's a good it. running one as well. And then, method. Yeah. Right, I get some emails from this once in a while. People, like, it's a lot of spam, though, I think. And people reaching out, like, hey, can you coach me? Like, like, from like, the directory. You think, like, some bot is, is scraping the site? Some, you know, I don't know what the, the purpose of those emails where they're like, hey, train my kid. And I, I don't know what their goal is with those, but you get some of those people. Yeah. Like to bring you to Nigeria to do it? Well, they want, like, hey, my kid's coming to Florida for three months. Will you, how much is it to train him? I don't know what the end goal of that is. Oh, yeah, that's that interesting. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Like, okay, I'll train you. Well, what's the one where they're, like, I'm blind. Can you train me? Could train me, uh, please send me a Western Union. Oh, really? Oh, is that what it is? Are these, oh, standard, are these no. standard spamming things yeah. that other trainers get too? If you're an affiliate owner, you probably get that one. Like, I'm... I think hearing impaired or whatever it is, what's the cost to train me? Wow. Russell um, Berger has a good screenshot oh, thing of that. yeah. I know what you're and talking he, about Because he'll go back at him and be like, it's, it's really funny mm-hmm. to, if you know Russell. I, I, I occasionally get, will get these DMs that just say hello, and then you look at the avatar and it's a pretty girl. And then if you click on it and then click to look at their followers or who they're following, they're obviously all just made-up accounts. Maybe it's your ex. No. Maybe it's those, uh, those followers we paid for. I just hit decline. <laughs> yes, I have I have eighty six thousand paid for followers. It's all the kid videos that you put out there. <clears throat> um, oh, why aren't why aren't all those boxes checked? Like, why isn't L four checked? I think you're... you just searched me by that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's based on my okay. Requirement L four. So anyway, you take the L two, and that was if you, like three or a handful of us passed. I think they started to redo it because it was very challenging to pass. Right. So, I think less than thirty percent or something. Were so passing. I I passed at that level too, and then it was it opened the door to be able to come back and intern. But you took your L two in two thousand eight. Okay, so then you were basically just grinding for three years, and um, and then in two thousand eleven you reached back out to. Had you started working at the games yet? Had you stayed in contact with Dave and Nicole? In the when regionals first came out, I ran the regionals in the Northeast. Okay. So oh, so you were in the loop. I was still involved, and I worked for the gymnastics seminar for a bit for Tucker, and I was just involved enough that I knew the right people to talk to. I was, you know, friendly with people. You know, at Austin came and worked for me, and he got hired, Austin Maliolo. So I was still able to talk to him. Who should I reach out to? And then just stayed in the loop, and they were like, "Yeah, if you want to come try to intern again, here's your, here's what you have to do." Mm-hmm. And you did it. <clears throat> that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Oh, why is that? <laughs> it's challenging. Grueling. Have you seen Kevin's movie? Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously he had a different set of circumstances going into it, but that is movie, it. The, is it the feedback that's brutal too? The feedback hurts. I mean, you're you're going there as the best coach at your box. 
you know, at, I'm, I coach all these hundreds of people, but you're, this is what you, you know, it's put this way. Hey, you're here because you're really good. This is what you need to get better. And I think when you take it like, yeah, you have to kind of remove yourself and be like, that's right. I'm here because of how good I am. But now I still need to get better. Right. And then the challenge is, well, how do I get better not being here? You have to set, you have to put yourself in those. I used to, I would go to every box in town and be like, can I just do a group on the air squat? Can I just do a group on teaching how to press, on how to do the deadlifts? And I would just go there and practice, practice, practice. Wow. I mean, yeah, it was, it was. Your goal is to become the knife that sharpens other knives. Yeah. Right? It's the greatest thing I've accomplished, but the hardest thing. I mean, do you, do you still to this day, since you've been on the team, do you have resentment towards the people who gave you feedback in 2011? Do you, you I know exactly who they are, but uh, <laughs> no, because I think um, they were. I think a they were right. If they would have brought me on, I, it's it still would have meant the same thing. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't have become as good, and I wouldn't have became as it wouldn't have become as important as much of a challenge it was like Mm -hmm. i I think that's been me my entire life since i started wrestling it was like i will die doing this and as long as i kept getting another chance to come back i was going to do my best to to make it how many internships i think including the kind of ones where it was kind of like a pseudo internship 10 Wow! Nowadays, after three, you're fucking so kicked sounds, to the curb, sounds, right? You know, one, oh right? yeah, I mean, so I did one in like eight or nine at mm-hmm. David's box. He had the first one in New York. Coach Glassman showed up. Okay, I think you guys spoke about it. And you know, Nicole was like, "Hey, if you want to come help out, you can." So I went. I did one or two like that, and then it was, "Hey, you need to get better." Hey, take six months off. Hey, you know, c- come watch. And it was just. I was like, all right, I would leave there. I heard the take six months off things kind of like, you know, like like what? Like like that's it. You're done. Like, no, I no? think the opposite. Oh, it is? Okay. You well, would know, know better than me. You I would know better than me, well, actually. I think I think if, if Like someone... nowadays, you're on the team now, right? Yes. Now, when an intern here takes six months off, do you ever see them again? Some, not always. Oh, so the, okay. the box okay, that, okay. I, the box that I, I coach at, mm-hmm. the owner got that. And it's up to him if he if it's worth it to him. To me, it was like, okay, I have six months to get as good as I can get. Right. Um, to me, it, it represents, we want you here. You need to, it, it'd be easier to cut you. Right. 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 So right. the fact that I'm telling you to and take actually, six months. And you're, and you're right, because Dave and Nicole don't mince words. They're not the kind of, they don't keep fish on the hook. And they've done a phenomenal job letting it bleed down because the flow masters or whoever's providing feedback, they, they obviously trust. And right. And I think they they do the same thing. It's you know it's they wouldn't want them on if if they didn't think Dave and Nicole would probably hire them themselves. Right. Okay. So 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 you tell you you get the you do a couple, then you get take six months off and train some more, and then. So finally, I think it was my tenth one. He it was a uh, yeah. Who okay. was it? Who was it who said, "Hey, I think you're. I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna tell Dave and Nicole I think you should be on." Curtis Bowler. Oh wow, that is quite an endorsement. That's some good lineage. Wow. Yeah, he, um, you know, and it's always like, hey, well, I'm going to recommend you. We don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, similar to what you saw in Kevin's movie. And yeah, I mean, I didn't know. Yeah. He's he's a man of few words too. His words kind of like when he talks, his words drop like bombs. He's intimidating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't a... think he's that intimidating. Oh, he is. When you know him, right at the time when we knew of each other, we he was running the regionals, so I knew him, but. 
I mean, it's it's different when he's just watching you, right? Do your thing, right? Yeah. And I mean, I I don't think I cried, but I mean, if he wasn't there, I probably would have. Yeah, <laughs> you cried when you went out to Carl. Like, yeah, like tears of joy, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. it doesn't seem real either because it's kind of like you still have to get that final word. How long did it take? Not long, within a week probably. But then when you get that, you're like, oh my god, this is real. Leon, we had Leon in here. Just about to say, yeah, yeah. Please tell him. Uh, he he was said he would go months at a time without hearing back about whether or not he made it. He sweated out a month well, after. No, I don't think I did that. Or if I did, I would reach out and be like, "Well, what's my when I when I didn't get hired to be like, well, what's my next step? What can I do now? Proactive. Come back or take you know, let's set you up in February or March for for your next one. And what year was this that you became on the L one staff? This is, Probably 2013. I think I've been on for five years, so right around 2013. And are you are you on a steady regiment since 2013? Do oh, you yeah. Do? I think I've worked all but five weekends a year maybe Okay. For the last five years. So you're on like Donkey Kong. Yep. And um, you traveled where? I, currently, it's a lot of regional base. So when I started, I was in the Northeast. So I'd be in Massachusetts, New York here and there. Um, now I'm in Florida, so I do... I think I'm working the next four weekends all around Florida, but I was in Norway last weekend, and I've been to Dubai and Greece and Nebraska. And when do you get the when do you <laughs> get when do you get the opportunity to become a flow master, or is that something you want to do? Or I mean, I think there's always the desire to move up the ranks. That's not really, hey, you've been here long enough. You need to be showing what. You need to be showing the right people the right things. Would I jump at that opportunity? Sure, but it's not a, that's not just because I've been on. People have probably gone it faster, and people. It's almost like martial arts. It's like getting your black belt, right? Or be, or becoming the pope. You kind of have to like pretend like you don't want it, but then just work your ass off. I, th- I think and kill it, right? Yeah, I think you don't necessarily. Yeah, you can't. You can't. If like they think you want to be the pope, I think that like you're out of the running. Well, I don't think there's right? one person on staff that wouldn't want to be a flow master. Right. It's just the type of – I think the level one staff is the smartest – no offense, guys. None taken. But the smartest group of people on the planet. Yeah. Smartest and hardworking, most hardworking group. I, I think – I think so too. The level one staff should get together in this room and easily they can have million-dollar ideas. Boom. And implement it fast. I think that's what we should be doing. That's it. Um, how many level we, one staff do you think we could fit in? We this could room? get another chair. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 20? the IT, maybe the IT room. But I, they're just such a smart, hardworking bunch of people. I'll tell you, we couldn't fit is Pete. That guy who was at the L one this last weekend. Yeah, he was a big dude, right? Guy's massive. Yeah, like, Pete Shaw. Was we could it? fit like five of him in here. I, I I forget his last name, but when I, I didn't realize how big he was until I hugged him, and he was he's he was stout. Maybe that's when you'll realize how small I am. Right. <laughs> I, um, Good point. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I've ever met Pete, but I saw that was with the doctors. He was, yeah, yeah, he was here for the doctors. That was really cool. I think his lady is a doctor. I right. saw. I couldn't tell what was going on. I see Chuck's there, Boz is there, Julie Fouché is there. I'm like, and Leah. something's going on here. And then, right. then it started to, oh, they're Coach Glassman speaking. Oh, they're doing something cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Man, Chuck was amazing. Chuck is one of the most amazing people on the planet. He carried the room like... I've never seen before. Yeah, his opening was beautiful. They were all beautiful. They they killed it. Um, you so 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 you have this box going. Um, you're trying to be, get on the L1 staff. You're expanding from one racquetball to one racquetball court to five racquetball courts, and then and then you eventually you open a second 
affiliate. 2011. Oh, that was when we knocked down the first wall. Oh, that's cool. So this is this is one. That was the court. first one, and then this was so. But we had two separate spaces for probably two or three years. It was like I'd run from one check in on everybody, go over there, <laughs> check on that you guys are good, um, and then eventually we had enough money that I knocked. So this was also when the owner was like, "Okay, I believe in you enough that I'm letting you knock down these walls." Right. And this was probably when we actually signed our first lease. Everything else was on a handshake. Okay. Because then it was like, now you're knocking down walls. If you leave, we have to have something in place type of thing. <clears throat> there was no anticipation at that time that he would buy the place from me, um, So, which worked out pretty well. But yeah, in 2011, I opened with a partner. So this one was just mine, uh, a second one called CrossFit Clifton Park, which was just the name of the town that was like 20 minutes north. It's funny you can see all the racquetball. And that, one you had a par- <laughs> and that one you had a partner? I did. We were best friends at the time. No longer friends. Oh fuck! Because of the business. That certainly didn't help. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> Did just, you sleep with his wife? No. Did he sleep like, with your wife? <laughs> not that I know of. Okay. It was before I was married. But um, but, but there was no hanky panky, that caused the. No, it was you know. Business stuff. We probably, I I take you know I don't like to take all of responsibility because it's mm. two people, but I probably could have done things better. He could have. I was more of his mentor at first. He was a coach. He started with me as an intern in college and we became like best of friends. It was partly just because it was an 80-20 split and when you have an 80-20 split the dynamics are weird because he was working hard but I was getting 80%. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And we probably could have just put everything down a little bit better. Right. And I sold that to him. So he I actually don't think they're an affiliate anymore but it's still in existence. Mm-hmm. It uh oh so so he's he's running a rip off CrossFit gym. You know I don't live there anymore and I don't see it, but yes, <laughs> I, don't, I, would assume, I think you know. You're going out on a limb here. I hate all those places that do that. So if you're doing thrusters and burpees, you should probably just pay three thousand dollars and be an affiliate. Yes, uh, and but, uh, for, for anyone who's listening who's going to say some stupid shit, well, what does HQ do for me? We can have a whole another fucking discussion on that. But you better hope that licensure doesn't land in your fucking backyard. I get so that I get Greg really, Glassman spends 24 hours a day fighting so that you can run world class fitness and have the answers to the world's most vexing problem without having your local congressman come and fuck you. I get really like I get mm. like my heart rate spiked because it's something that I'm so passionate about because it changed it you know changed my life physically, financially, but really what it's allowed me to do for others. I just get I hate it. I get so mad when people don't. And he's given this business model where he's given everything away free and he's letting you run your business. And so there's a huge trust on that end. And for the trust not to go both ways can be a little frustrating. I, I'm sure affiliates, you know, people always want more contact. They want more attention from the mothership. There's always that need, 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 want, want, want. But like you, you, you've been here, you know, we're running a lean, mean fighting machine. And if anyone scratches the service, you can see that like HQ is doing the things to push an authentic message out about the fitness methodology, but at the same time, fight the powers that be that are trying to shut your shit down. And they're out there, man. If, and I think being an affiliate, if they don't feel like that, it's it's partly on them too. Like, what do you want, coach, to show up mm-hmm. at your box and tell right. you how to do this? Right. Reach out. You'll you'll get a response fast from someone, and it might not be 
Coach Glassman or Kathy Glassman anymore, but it's someone that knows their shit and it's going to get to the right places. Like, Write Dave an email and call him a dick. He'll respond. You'll get a response. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know when he finds time to read all those books, but I mean, he's responding and talking. Like, oh, he's the, everyone is on their emails in, trying to respond. Yeah. If if you don't think I'm not being paid to endorse HQ right now, but if you're not. If you don't feel like you're getting it, that's partly on you too. We we recently had uh, we we Greg went up to Seattle. I went up there with them. They held a, a little you know local affiliate gathering. I want to say fifty affiliates showed up, and <clears throat> forty eight of them were pleasant as fuck. And two of them, or one or two of them, was um, a little hostile. And one of them was like, "Is like, hey, I've been an affiliate for six years or ten years, whatever." She said, and later on we found out she wasn't an affiliate. She was the manager of an affiliate, but that's neither here nor there. And she said, "Where have you been?" And it was a pretty it was pretty harsh and they went back and forth and then affiliates started yelling you know this is his third time up here in you know five years and there's 14,000 affiliates and it was it was pretty uh, it was good that it happened but but you're right with 14,500 affiliates on six continents or seven continents it's like he's, he can't go everywhere that lady doesn't even know all of her members names right <laughs> and she wants coach Glassman to show up at every affiliate right that's no I mean and it why does it like there's people Obviously, below Coach Glassman, that are. She has a cool gym too. I've been to it. Oh, how cool! How, how, <laughs> I'm there was that. also drinking. A lot of yeah, there was but you also, know how it is. It yeah. comes out because she's drunk. That's right, her yeah, true feelings. Right, I'm right, surprised right. other affiliates didn't just right. Pop they up. did. They did. Affiliates started. They, they started. Yell, people started yelling at her. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty. It was. It was pretty cool. It was good though. It was like to be in, in all honesty. It was kind of like a family. Um, it was like a family gathering, like just like one of the cousins got just kind of out of line a little bit, and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> "You know what I mean?" Like, yeah, yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. feelings. Yeah. Um, so, so then you open a third gym. So I, I sold that one to my partner. Sold this one. Sold Albany Cross at my baby. Accidental. Never was in the cards. You know, I opened in 2007 as an opportunity to train more people in less time and impact more people. Grew it. Grew it. Grew it. This was 2000 and probably 13 or 14. I was frustrated with the building. It was from the building was put up in 78. It was not updated. I was sick of fighting with all the racquetball members. I wanted to expand again. And I went to the owner and said, I want to buy this building. And I knew it would be, I was like $2 million, $3 million. I didn't have that. Like I, but I was like, I want to take this and make it a huge facility and he's like we're not interested it's in a very lucrative spot in town like near like a cheesecake factory not like in a nice like cheesecake factory the mall albany's kind of stuck in 1978 though isn't it this is yeah this is on the so outskirts it's kind of like a new building in albany have you <laughs> you've been there matt that place is no, like, I no? Been. oh i've heard many stories it's, it's falling down it's stuck in the in the it's a compliment to say it's stuck in the 80s it's well, like north lake tahoe i mean it is it's tired <laughs> oh, okay that it's, i can it's tired can it's nice but tired things would break and not be fixed so I said, I want to buy this building. They didn't want to buy it, but they said, well, we won't sell it, but we will buy your business. And that was a complete shock to me. I had never envisioned that. I'll buy your shit. No, no, I'll buy your shit. That's oh, what it was. Uh-oh. That's what it was. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. And then it turned into like a six-month negotiation. And I don't want to – I don't think I was like ready to be done, but I was – like it's probably 2013 or 14 – I was frustrated with some of the things going on at the box. It was like the height of people thinking they were hot shit, going to make it to regionals. Right. 
Watch and out for me. I got an eight-minute friend. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Too many of those douches. And um, I, I, and I'm responsible. That's my fault. But we also, uh, as HQ, we hadn't redirected media like we have in the last it's two or so three years. It's so good right now. This yeah. is so awesome. I went to about a hundred boxes this past summer. My wife and I took a road trip all around the country, and you can see it. The world's most vexing problem. Well, the CrossFit has the solution for the world's most vexing you problem. You see that, obviously, yeah. and then you also just see that boxes are being smarter. Like we're not trying to take you to the games; we're trying to make you healthier. Yes, mm. and that's, that's it, what I'm talking about. I was part of the problem. I was like, "Let's do two watts. We need to do strength and metcon. We need to do." I take full responsibility for the culture that I was creating, and then it bit me in the ass. And I would have fixed it, but this opportunity to sell was just. To, you know what's the Godfather? An offer I couldn't refuse. Thank you. Yeah. It was exactly like that. Well, we need to see the movie again because maybe the reality has changed. But so you know that took a while, and I sold it. Don't mess with me like that. <laughs> we just had Ronnie. In I here. know. I gotta listen. That's. I'll I feel like I'm in a parallel universe now. And he was talking about like if you watch a movie that you watched ten years ago and you watch it now because there's been a shift in the parallel universes or in the realities that the lines are now different. It, I heard if you listen to Pink Floyd while you listen to the Ronnie podcast, they line up perfectly. <laughs> so I don't know if that's... I did that twice 15 years ago. <laughs> and, Ronnie, I love you. You'll definitely be back on. But I, I hope you have a good sense of humor. Okay. But anyway, when I sold this, there was a non-compete involved. Okay. Of, I think, 15 miles. Okay. And... Smart. I had no anticipation of opening another box. A coach of mine was looking and he reached out to me he's like do you want to open a third box or how or? soon after you sold this i i signed the papers for this in maybe august i think we opened october 1st wow yeah, that's quick turnaround. it was quick it, it, i mean yeah. but does i knew he, what I was does doing. he hate you i don't think he likes me but not for that reason <laughs> okay we okay. I, I i wish i had a i wish i was nicer to him i think he was um <laughs> we disagreed on so much business wise from when i ran the gym with him and then just a lot of headbutting when as a landlord but I mean if I could tell him anything I don't think he's listening but I don't think I would be here without him giving right. me that opportunity right um, right oh he's listening I hope so I'll Definitely send it to him because he's a he's a good guy and no because it was it was like a completely it was Saratoga which is maybe 30 miles north okay and I just I missed owning a box so you 2x the um, non-compete clause yeah at least and um <laughs> You know, we, we opened, and three months later, I moved to Florida. So it was really, I sold that box, too. On accident, did you know you were moving to Florida? No, no idea. I uh, We opened. My parents had moved down. I came to visit, and I was like, I need to get out of New York. The only thing now was this new box that was, you know, 50 members in. It was pretty new, and I was like, I can, I said to my partner, I was like, you want to buy my half? And we, he didn't quite buy it all. I still own part of it, but. 80-20? Uh, 90 10 and um then i moved to florida he was just 10 percent short he yeah he went through a divorce and all that stuff so there was that and i think he still wanted my influence i still talk to him and and give him feedback and advice and he I've wants not, your mojo yeah i haven't been there for a while but if i am in town i can coach he can take a vacation i still feel like some attachment to it mm. that was a uh, crossfit soul shine do you have any tattoos I do. I have a wedding ring. And? I've got my mantra, all for good, mm -hmm. and then three birds on my back. Mm. What are the birds? 
They well, they my sister and I got the same tattoo, kind of representing like the Bob Marley song Three Little Birds." Mm-hmm. I was just talking about the Bob Marley song, uh, just on the walk with Ronnie Teasdale. We talked about Three Little Birds. No, but we were talking. Oh, maybe I didn't know the name of the song. It was the one where he says that everything's perfect in this world, including like nuclear reactors. That's not that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> everything's gonna be all right. That's the one. <laughs> is that the one? Oh, look at you. You know you're Bob. Okay, so. So Adrian Bosman and David Asario have buddy tattoos, and you and your sister have buddy tattoos. And I guess my wife and I kind of, except mine says R and hers says J. So the R is for Roz, Roz not the J Rain. is for me. Okay. Yeah, somebody said, was that for, it was <laughs> it was at a level one, and she's like, is that for Ring? And I was like, kind of. How come you don't wear a wedding ring? It's. I'm just. I'm not comfortable. It's uncomfortable for me. Mm, I agree. And because I got the Kalos and all that, mm-hmm. and I thought I would be able to wear it, and we were trying it before the wedding, and I was like, "This doesn't feel good." We train a lot, and I was like, "Let's just get tattoos." She has. She has the tattoo, but then she has an engagement ring, a wedding ring, but. Mm-hmm. She yeah, I, I wore a wedding ring the night I got married, and that was the last time. Yeah, I had my father's. I kept it. Mm-hmm. Like I have it still, but this is all I'll wear. I have I have uh, opinion about those fake wedding rings. Those the, like the Kayla ones. I don't I don't know the name of the I don't know what they're called, but I um, find them. Share 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 please, Simone. Uh I think they're stupid. Why? They seem pretty functional, don't they? What what is it? Just warding off cock and pussy? Like it's just war? It's just keeping someone have, from trying to. What's the difference bang. then between that and a regular ring? Uh, I, I'm I'm not even. I think a regular wedding ring is almost cock. Cock, cockamamie too it's like it's that ass and recovery i would have so it's not it's not just the silicone it's gold platinum no well here's the here, here's here's so so my, I, I i bought my wife a, a gold ring that's just a solid thick gold ring before we were married and i got it at tiffany's and when i gave it to her i said this i said hey if you can't wear this when you're working out or if you're tripping out that it's going to get stretched or ruined or something, then I'm not fucking giving it to you. I want to give you something that you can enjoy that you think is pretty, but I want you to feel comfortable doing pull-ups on it and beating the shit out of it. And like, if it bends, who cares? And like, it's your ring. Like, let it be part of your life. And other than that, like, it shouldn't be like high maintenance. I don't want to add complications to your fucking life. And if you want a really expensive diamond ring, we can, you know, sell the car and get one too. Like, I'll do what you want. But that's my feelings on the ring. And she's like, okay, cool. But she has it. She does have it, and she does. Yeah, she does have it. She she has it, and and actually, what's funny is is it is it is pretty beat up um, from her doing CrossFit with it. But now she does take it off just because I think it hurts her finger a little bit because it's such a thick. It's 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 um, it wasn't like really expensive. I don't know how much it was. A Tiffany's gold ring, not expensive. But it, this one wasn't. I mean, it was. It's not. It's like it was less than a couple thousand dollars. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not a fucking diamond wedding ring, but like um. I just don't get it. I just don't. I, I would have been I don't the same way. I don't understand. I don't, need, I don't even really understand marriage. I, I'm, I didn't get married until I was 39, so yeah, we're like the same no age, yeah, right? Yeah. You're not married? I just yeah, got married a year and a half ago, yeah. His wedding was the best wedding I've ever been to. Well, nice. Yeah, top two for she sure. She set it all up, I assume. Yes, she did. Right. All, all of it. It was a, it was a housewarming <laughs> party, and they didn't tell the people. Oh, really? That they were yeah. getting married, or at least the people. It. Most of the people in this office knew, except for me. So I went <laughs> there without that. a present. <laughs> oh, I, no, you did. I you probably, gave me a great present. I probably came with a present. Um, it was awesome because I really like Matt, and I keep him in the loop on everything, and I'm generous with my time and you my can love cut that with part him. Out, Eric. Um, 
But basically, it was a surprise wedding, and I actually That's cried. So cool. I cried a little bit there. That's very cool. I saw, I yeah. saw it on Facebook yeah. Live. But I, I would say so this: there. before getting married and before having a ring, you know Joe Westerlin. Yep, mm-hmm. love him. He's a good friend. One of the, I think super smart. And we were talking before I got married, and somehow rings came up. And he said, Jay, when I put this ring on, it makes me become a better person. It makes me think uh, about somebody else. Yeah, okay. You know, his wife, Libby, and he's got a son, Cruz. And, you know, I think it makes him really think about all of that. And I, and I, that's how I looked at it. So it's like I wanted to always remind myself of that. Yeah, I think that's useful. I mean, I've, I've gone to like bachelor parties where the guys I'm with, they'll have like a Quilo, Kalo on. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, and you work out? And they're like, no, my wife bought me this as like my travel ring. So in case I lose it, it's not as bad, but it's also a reminder that, hey, don't fuck around. Yeah, but I, don't even, <laughs> I think like for me, I don't even, that's not even an issue. I would, I would never want to Nor fuck I. around. Yeah, there's people like that, I assume. Mm-hmm. But um, That's because you're old. Yeah, I think old and found the right person. I wouldn't have said that a few years ago. Oh, different. just let's go with old. <laughs> and um, He's younger than you. I know, but, but I know because I'm old. I'm I, fucking around. I, I'm, I'm, my ship has landed. I, I, I'm proud to, whether it's a tattoo or a ring, wear it. There becomes a point in your life where you're like, holy fuck, I love someone and someone loves me. Yeah, like holy someone was shit. willing to live with me and yeah. hopefully yeah. have sex with me tonight. Like, that's cool. We don't close the bathroom <laughs> door. We don't close the bathroom door. It is a keeper. And yeah. even I was, I was watching this, being there watching some random HBO show last night, and it was these two women who were like dating, and they just show the awkward interaction of dating. And I'm like, God, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Oh. <laughs> I, I miss, like, you miss that. Do you work out with your wife? Yeah, probably ninety percent of the time. Yeah, nice, isn't it? And you think is it good for the relationship? I don't think the working out is. I think the commonality is what's good. The the fact that we do it together oh, is we'll actually say. bad. Oh, I think. Well, it's Ooh. not that it's bad. I just I have the natural instinct of wanting to coach her. Mm. She does not receptive to my coaching. So you're like a healer. You just just you just nip at heels. That's what you do. I, I you know, like those dogs. Oh, that's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I just like I want to coach people. When I right. see something, it's hard for me. I, I think I have. A, a, I don't have a filter about anything in life usually, but when it's coaching, I'm like, oh, get your knees out, little things like that naturally. But she does not like it when I give it to her. So the other coaches at the box can give her the same thing I've told her for. Uh. She's like, that's the best cue ever. Why haven't you told me that? And I was like. <laughs> So I just, when someone else starts to coach her, I literally just slowly walk away and let them do it. But I think the fact that we have this shared passion, not just for CrossFit, but for, for health and fitness is very good. I like it when my wife cues me. And she doesn't do it very often, but I'm like, oh, she's fucking paying attention to me. Or like, I'm going to work harder. I don't want to, I don't want to like let her down. Like if I'm doing burpees, she'll be like, stand all the way up. That's how I would feel. And I'll be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. What? Is she saying that I didn't do? Who I need these to be perfect for her. You know what I mean? Get all wound up. I like when, yeah, I like when she cheerleads or comes over and gives me some stuff, but she yeah. does it's not the, she gets mad. And then I get mad. Like if I yes. yell at her, like give her like, she'd be in a heavy set of squats. I'm like, come on, get up. She'll yell at me for doing that, and then I get mad that she's mad. <laughs> I'm like, A, you should be able to concentrate no matter what's going on. You're in big trouble for this interview. <laughs> she won't she make knows. it this far. She, she's <laughs> top. But I get, she, she should be able to listen to me yelling. She's one of those people that's like, I don't like a lot of people yelling at me. Well, good. Then don't be last. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Hardcore. That's awesome. Are you guys I'm, gonna, I'm the same way. Are you guys going to have kids? Hopefully. I think we're pseudo-trying. 
we're not not trying. Constantly yeah. practicing. Yeah, we're always practicing. Not as often as I like to practice, but. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you been to jail? No, I've not been to jail. Do you ride a unicycle? I I don't know. I I kind of wanted to say I've not tried, but I don't ride a unicycle. Have you ever owned a pit bull? No, Rottweiler and bulldogs and a lab and pugs. Oh. What tips do you have? for gym owners that who are listening ideally ones that are easily applicable functional tips i mean easily applicable i suppose is relative because this is easy just chase excellence like coach glassman says because i get calls all the time or you know text whatever what can i do and and box owners want this here you go Here's what you do. Mm -hmm. No, just tell me what to do. Give your clients the best hour of their day and you will grow. But that, I mean, when I say easily applicable, that is if you're willing to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not like, hey, do this programming or this is what your hour should look like. Chase excellence and the dollars will come. What does that look like in terms of... Um, Application. What are what are some ways that you see excellence being manifested in a gym? What are some things that you could walk into a gym and see coaching or not see coaching and be like, wow, this is there's someone here chasing excellence. Some of it you would see in the gym, some outside. Like like taking something like that lesson planning course at least shows to me you're you're trying to learn what the right way is. I think after dropping into so many boxes, I've kind of there's two big groups that they can fall into those that are trying to coach and those that are just running classes so mm. when you show up and you take a class and it's like this is the one workout you're doing today and i'm going to lead you to get there once we get there i'm going to continue to give you feedback on your movement and then i'm not going to just send you out of here when you're done so really just putting an emphasis on the coaching aspect because then the other boxes are basically cruise directors Here's, here, I'm going to take you through this warm-up. Go do it. Well, we have to get hurrying because we're going to squat, and then we're still going to do Fran, and then we have to do this you know, cash out of a 2K row. You don't have to, an opportunity to coach. Um, I feel like you can see a lot. Sorry, I'm trying to thought. You can tell a lot from an affiliate based on the members of the class that you take it with. So if members of the class are willing to, at the very least, go and introduce themselves to you, I think that reflects a lot upon the coach, gym owner, you know, at all. Absolutely. And you can extract a lot from that. My, my mom has belonged to CrossFit Aptos here um, in Santa Cruz, California, and um, she belonged to um, Karen um, Perv's coat, uh, gym. I think it was CrossFit 707. That's where she started. Or no. CrossFit, yeah, maybe that's what it was. And then she belonged to CrossFit Jute, which was um, also in Northern California, and she just switched as she moved around. And my sister attended all of those boxes with her, and all of those boxes, they um, they walk you through the warm up, and they warm you up, and then they and then you and then you do the workout. And then my sister went to a box back in her home state, and they didn't walk you through the warm up, and it was just written on the board, and you just did it, um, and then and then the workout started. And um, my sister was devastated. Um, because they didn't get that. Because because she because she had been to three boxes where they they did walk her through um, the warm up, and she really liked that. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The coach was talking, and the coach would say, so what's your favorite animal? Or, okay, you guys, today in the warm-up, I'm going to give you guys all one correction on the on the squat. Or, okay, everyone, say their name out loud and jump rope three times backwards. Or it was like um, there was either functional tr coaching or to, to through movement or functional warm-up, sorry, functional um, warm-up through either learning new movements or through breaking down walls of intimidation or just all that stuff. But the coach was there. And... Um, you know, as a longtime CrossFitter, um, I, I work out a, a lot just with these guys downstairs and we just go down there and everyone kind of warms up on their own while we shoot the shit. But we also teach classes down here, seven thirty and eight thirty in the morning. And we have a coach named Jenny Lau. And every time I take her class, she walks you through the warm up, and it's like, holy shit. And you probably perform better. Oh my God. It's a, it's otherworldly. I, I mean, I think, especially at 45, I, I, that's the only reason I'm probably at the fittest I've ever been. I go to the box. I do just class, and without it, I wouldn't warm up. I'm just right. lazy when it comes to that. Right. So when you're doing it with class, and whether they're guiding you through it exactly or you're talking to your buddies, you're getting primed, and we do something called the wad buildup, where, say it's Fran, you might do nine thrusters, three pull-ups, just to get you primed for those movements. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, I used to think, well, I want to save those pull-ups. I want to save, always feel better after doing that. It's right. kind of like your first win, like blow it out, Rest a few minutes and then you're gonna be good. What other? Let me dig. Let me dig. You, you you know, like in a workout, you want to quit sometimes, and then you're like, okay, that's the first time I've heard that. I'm gonna go a little further, and then you, 30 seconds later, it's like I want to quit again. You're like, okay, I've heard that twice now, but I'm gonna push a little harder. And then the third time you hear it, so I'm gonna dig you one more time. What's what's some other tips you would give to, um, let's say, a new affiliate owner? Get an accountant. Accountant. Because, but I but I don't want an accountant. That's going to cost me money. You need to start smart. There, a good accountant will probably help you save as much as you're spending. And you're just when when I first opened that box, it was just a personal income, and it took me years to kind of rectify that or whatever I had to do with paying the business back, paying myself. And had I started, it would have been a lot easier. So. From from day one, just have an accountant, and if you have a partner, have everything on paper, black and white, so that way when Matt's mad at me because I didn't do it, I can be like, no, here's where it says on Tuesdays, you scrub the floor. So it's it's very, we, we don't have to have this fight at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, what about what about having um, partners? There's there's pros and cons to it, I think. It's nice not having one because you just get to make every decision, but at the same time, maybe every decision you're making is not the best decision. And if you want to take a vacation from day one, having someone else there, but but like I said, make sure it's just very documented what the expectations are. I don't think it's bad to do with your friends. My third partner or my second partner that I had the third box with, I wouldn't say we were friends, but we had a great partnership. We didn't hang out outside of the box, but everything we did moved the box forward. The, the the thought that I always had was Dave is always doing what he thinks is best for the box. It might not be what I wanted, but if I think he's doing it for the right reasons, I'll let him try it. And that, that, that always, I think, helped him, but it also allowed me to just kind of step back a little bit as well. Jason Ackerman? Six impromptu tips. 
Was it six? Two two hours two hours into the show, he thought he came here to. Yeah, two hours. He thought I was going to prod him on running affiliate. Instead, we talked about wrestling and. <laughs> I think that's why we initially spoke was because I kind of reached out. Was like, no one has sold three boxes. I think a lot of people are out there giving tips about selling a box. And we, and we never even talked about that, really. We touched on it. But we'll have to come back. And we can do, you're saying that there's a lot there, a lot of meat on the bone. I think if you're going to sell a business, yeah. All right. I don't know that I'm the guy to give don't you advice. Don't call Jason we're, and, and fuck up the podcast, people. We're going to have him back <laughs> on and talk about that shit. Anyway, <laughs> these six tips I want to follow with. Chasing excellence. I should have wrote a book and called it Chasing Excellence. Huh? God. I think it's been done now, right? No. Is it? What did Josh Brinkley say? Ben, chasing more excellence? Doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't Ben Bergeron have that book? Chasing <laughs> Excellence? Um, he's, he's a good person to listen to, though. Yeah. Um, giving clients their best hour of the day. That my The way I look at that is when someone leaves your box and they don't know why, but they can't wait to come back. Which is going to be really hard for an owner to do to me because I start my morning right every morning. How? Yeah, how... Number three, <laughs> constantly grow as a trainer, as an owner, chase new education, learn new things. If you're not signing up for your level two or level three, why are you doing this? I'm just adding like A's and B's under each one. That's what I'm doing. Clarification. Here. Yeah. Coaching versus running a class. Emphasize coaching. Yeah. I think anyone can. Anyone can step into a box and read the whiteboard. Hey, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Lead them through it and actually see and correct. That's the hardest part of coaching. We can all have cool attitudes and be fun to hang out with. Are you actually seeing and making movement better? Get an accountant. That speaks for itself. Yeah. A Jewish accountant. <laughs> Ashkenazi Jew, ideally. Ashkenazi. Ideally, Ashkenazi Jew. Sure, there are five to six million Ashkenazi Jews in the U.S.? I had no idea. Wikipedia says so. Um, and on a side note, so those are those are those are five quickies from Jason. After talking about nonsense for two hours, we got five good things out of them. That's my fault. And then the sixth thing I asked him is is, is about dot is about partners. And if you are going to have a partner, document the expectations, have everything written down. Whether you're good friends or not good friends, you want everything laid out so that there's no. That's that's where the tension is going to be and miscommunication. There's right? no gray area. No gray area. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having yeah, me. Thank you. I felt like it was a mistake. You have Vellner and Spieler and Cooper and then Ackerman. No, no, this is good. This I is, uh, we, uh, don't forget we had um, Noah Olson, <laughs> Matthew Bickle. Sam we, Dancer. Hey, this is probably Stacey the first, Tovar. this is probably the first show in a long time where we haven't talked about God. Do you want to? It's not I'm good. No, I'm good. Two hours is good. Well, you're, you're Jewish, right? Yeah. Are you practicing? No. I, I would think I, b I believe in God. I don't, um, but I, I don't know what that means. Really. I don't. I don't know. Good what, answer. I don't know what any of this means anymore. My the whole my whole paradigm of religion has just been chewed up and spit out. I, I'm glad you. Can I just before would you cut this? Please. You end every podcast. It seems to me with, well, you know, and we'll have you back again. Right. 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 <laughs> so right. I didn't want to be the one that ended with like, thanks for coming. <laughs> So I'm glad, whether or not you're sincere about it, you've at least said it. I, um, I, um, this is from Japan. 
Oh, right? Yeah. Nihon, the land of the rising sun. Eric left for Hi. a month and went to Japan. No, no, I, I would like to have you back. I think, I think I wanted to have you back from before you came on. That's why I didn't want to talk about what we were supposed to talk about. So that way we still have something to talk about. It kind of makes me anxious like to shoot all the bullets out of the gun and then like have nothing. There's still a lot with selling a box. Okay. We'll discuss it. I'd love to have you back. You want, you want what else we say at the end of every show? Eric, land the plane. <laughs> I knew it. That's synergy, man.